What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bullish Rippers. This is Evan, better known as Stock Market News on Twitter. Every Monday at 9.20 a.m. Eastern and Friday at 4 p.m., myself and my co-host, Wolf underscore Financial, also known as Gov, put on these spaces to help you guys get ready for the week ahead in the market and then get caught up on the week just past. Our goal is to educate, inform, and hopefully entertain you guys a little bit. I really appreciate you tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Yeah, I won't lie to you. Not not the biggest weekend of news we've had, but I don't think that's uh, too uh, unreasonable with the Super Bowl being yesterday, taking a lot of the headlines. A couple of the headlines out there, uh, we can get some good headlines from that Super Bowl, and I'll get into a couple of them. We're going to start you with one from that. The Coinbase Super Bowl commercial yesterday, which uh, was, I, you know, I won't lie to you. I, I didn't necessarily love it. Um, but I, I went on Twitter and I know a lot of people did and they came out today talking a little bit about the numbers because the website crashed like right after they did it. They got over 20 million hits in one minute from their Super Bowl commercial. So I, I think that fairly says that my opinion does not matter. And it was clearly a, a good commercial for that for that spot. You know, I, I look at what they probably spent. I, I want to I feel like it was a 60 second commercial, and I believe. The uh the thirty seconds were going for seven point five million, so they I think they might have spent around fifteen million to get twenty million hits on the website. Which, when you look at Coinbase and what they're relatively doing uh, and crypto in general, I'm sure that's one of the uh the best cost per click ads that they've done in a while. So uh, that that turned out to be decent. Uh, going on to the next one, we have Nvidia. They announced today that they will be hosting their GTC 2022 conference virtually uh, from March 21st through March 24th. And they did directly say in there, there will be a news-filled keynote, that's in quotes, uh, from founder and CEO Jensen Huang on Tuesday, March 22nd, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern. So we still got uh, about a month or so more than that to go to that, actually a month and a week, but that I'm sure that will be a really cool thing. Uh, AMD announced today that they have officially completed their acquisition of Xilinx, uh, ticker ZLNX. So that will that won't really matter anymore. But uh, as a part of that change, uh, they they uh, AMD had to make some changes to their board. Two Xilinx for, former Xilinx board members will be joining AMD's board, and C, current CEO Lisa Su, who uh, I'm sure if anyone knows AMD will know Lisa Su, she will be taking over as board chair. So uh, she will be now CEO and chairman of the board, chairwoman of the board. Uh, I don't know what the correct terminology is there, but whatever it is, she earned it. Very, uh, you know, very smart woman and, and doing some crazy uh, cool things at AMD. So that's very nice to see. Uh, moving on, we have Tesla came out with their China numbers, uh, or at least China January numbers. I, I just got a notification PayPal hit a 52-week low. So that's always a, a good way to start this out. Um, Tesla sold a total of 59,845 China-made Teslas in January. And of that 59.8K, 19.3K were sold within China, and then 40.5K were exported out of China. So that's the numbers there. Let me just, I'm just going to do some, some, let me check out the run rate for that. 59.8 times 12. So if they kept that up, that would be 717,000 cars, 717,000 cars sold uh, out of China in 2022 is what they're on pace for based on the January numbers. Uh, quick history thing. Uh, on this day in 2005, YouTube was created. So obviously your account. Yeah, YouTube was created for the first time. Uh, they would go on to be acquired by Google 21 months later. I thought it happened would have happened later, but 
Uh, yeah, Google acquired YouTube 21 months after it was created. Uh, they acquired it for $1.65 billion. And last quarter alone, YouTube brought in $8.6 billion of revenue from just ads. They do have other businesses, including YouTube TV, but I can get, kind of just show you the scale of uh, scale and quality of that acquisition. Moving on, uh, you know, a, a lot of the news stories dominated this weekend will be from the Super Bowl and Super Bowl commercials. So we'll see how they impact that. I, I know Polestar's commercial uh, got a lot of hits online. They really took a, a lot of digs at Elon Musk. So you can find that and, and see that. I'm sure that's all over. I know we had uh, the GM Sopranos commercial seemed to get a lot of pops. And uh, I, I know I, I'm a big Disney Marvel fan. So there, there was a lot of good stuff in there for me uh, as well. I, I think that's decent coverage of a lot of the stories. You know, Nike, they're suing StockX for launching NFTs based on Nike shoes. That's according to The Verge. We have a lot of earnings expectations, but we, we can maybe save that for uh, a little bit later. And... Yeah, Gov, I, I think that's pretty decent coverage of everything we got from over the weekend. Oh, wait, last one. Cisco reportedly made a $20 billion plus takeover bid to Splunk, ticker SPLK. And that was according to the Wall Street Journal. I also saw this was from Friday after the close that Apple, they will be raising wages for many of its retail, U.S. retail employees by between 2 to 10%, depending on location and role. So that was also according to Bloomberg. So those were also... Uh, a couple stories in there, but Gob, I think that's decent coverage of everything we got. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, some good recaps there, especially of the Super Bowl commercials, which I guess there were a couple of good ones, but generally Twitter seemed to be a bit disappointed uh, overall there, especially with that Polestar one. But, you know, you got to start some controversy, I guess. Okay. Controversy, I guess, previews. Yeah. We're about a minute out from market open right here, just pulling up and seeing what we're looking to open at. All right. So it looks like the Dow is up 0.01. S&P is up 0.04. Coming into it. And the 10-year is down almost 2%. Uh, these are 10-year right now. And then oil looks like it's starting down 0.82%. I know oil is a play that a lot of people are hoping to ride. Cryptocurrency popped a little this morning. Ethereum's currently up about 3%. Trying to reclaim 3,000. Bitcoin coming towards 43K, and we're at 929. Uh, so, about to hit market open. Yo, PB, what are you watching at market open? Yo, yo. Um, I'm watching Lucid puts under $25, Tesla puts under $850, and then calls over $895. And then Netflix puts under 387 Perfect. Bucks. So, Tesla and I'm Lucid. Not gonna play Tesla, you're doing 800, and Lucid, you're looking at 25. Um, Tesla 850. Did he cut out for anyone else, Evan? No, I hear him responding to you. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna play right. any big size today because it's a Fed meeting at 11:30. Yeah, he's all he was talking. He's not gonna play any size because of the Fed meeting at 11:30. It's rip. I I hear both of you. Yeah, sorry, my thing my thing cut out for a second, but I'm back, PB. You're good, you're good. I just said, look, I'm not going to play any big size until the Fed meeting because I don't want to get caught in that volatile um, move. But, yeah, that's it. You there, Wolf? Yeah, yeah. I just had to switch off of Wi-Fi. I'm back. Oh, you're good, okay. you're good. Okay, so Tesla and Lucid you're watching. Got it. Yep. Uh, Lucid looks like it is up over that 25 mark. Where did you say you would go long on it? 
No, I said puts under twenty five dollars. Okay. Make five fifty. Puts under eight fifty and calls over eight ninety five. Okay, so let us see what is going on here. We're past nine thirty. Uh, looks like stuff is trending upwards at the start here. I am seeing Tesla into the green up 0.36. Not going to make any moves just off of that. For some reason, SE down almost 13% this morning. Uh, it seems like there was maybe some news on Simply Wall Street that came out. Apple about even the betting market slightly down about a percent and a half following the Super Bowl. AMD up, up 2.5%. It's probably on that news that Evan read out earlier. Palantir about even as well. Snapchat up, Twitter slightly down. All right, Sofla, what are you watching at open? Good morning. So um, I was actually so on Friday. Actually, I was I was taking lucid shorts. So that's a it's a good point to bring up. Um, but for now, I am watching a potential continuation to the downside on lucid. Um, if we can break below, obviously uh, Friday's lows. Ideally, I do have my trigger at 25.55. Uh, I do keep in mind I'm watching the VIX very closely as if the VIX gets over 30 right now, which is pretty much approaching it. Um, I'm going to avoid playing contracts just considering uh, the volatility that we can have, but also considering the price of these contracts could definitely uh, change dramatically if you buy a contract while the VIX is over 30 and it decides to break below. Uh, last time we were trading over 30, it did remain pretty choppy. So uh, that's going to be a big level I'm going to be watching for the VIX. Uh, those of you wondering what the VIX are, is, that's pretty much the implied volatility of the S&P 500. Uh, but besides that, I did actually. So after shorting AMD, I remember we were talking about it last Friday. Um, I picked up a position to go long on it over the weekend just to swing it. Uh, but right now, I do think that once we get this gap filled down towards around 113, um, I'm going to potentially see to play another bounce on AMD. Um, I think a lot of the sentiment has been very bearish and for, you know, obvious reasons. Um, but I, I, I don't want to be sold on that thesis for now. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's going to be what I'm watching AMD right now and uh, Nike as well for a potential double bottom. Okay, AMD and Nike. What's up, Evan? So quickly on C Limited, India banned fifty-four Chinese apps, including one from C Limited. They banned their uh, their uh, Free Fire game, according to uh, Bloomberg. Very interesting. C Limited continuing to fall now down to one thirty-five. When just a few months ago, the stock was trading at three hundred and sixty-six, so over a fifty percent haircut there. All right, Matt, what's going on? What are you looking at today? Good morning, guys. Um, well, today we got all short signals out the door. Uh, 450 S&P uh, really is kind of like the bear side limit. I think we're going to open up looking a little more volatile than normal. Our resilience is showing a, a little bit of negative pressure on stocks right at the open. I give it like three or four minutes to settle out. I do have some supports. I'm looking at the indices right out the door. Um, there's really nothing good. 445 is straight resistance. 441 is... Uh, intraday head pressure on S&P. Qs look the same way. Uh, honestly, it's going to be volatility is going to lead through the week. I think we have NVIDIA earnings right this week. We have a bunch of stuff coming up that I think that's going to have to have the market settle through a little bit of that to, to get going. Um, if you guys have any tickers you want to look at right out the door, kind of throw them at me. I'm in the middle of charting up the S&P at this moment. Um, 
What do you guys got? You want me to look at something for you? Well, sure. Yeah. Speaking of the indices, uh, XLE is, is plummeting uh, as of right now, since you are looking at the indexes. Yes. Yeah. Give, me, give me a second, brother. Hold on. XLE, let's take a look. Yeah. And again, guys, it's not financial training advice. This is just the output of a positional risk algorithm that looks at positions in the market and hedging. Um, XLE, let me see what I got here. I just thought you might find some interest in that, considering, you know, it's absolutely free and it's currently. You know, it's falling pretty. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. So actually, interesting to find that um, XLE did have support at sixty-eight, and sixty-seven and a half has some hedging pressure to the north side. So it looks like it's going to fill up its gap from last week. Um, it doesn't really get scary until about sixty-seven. So anything about sixty-eight, sixty-seven and a half on XLE, hopefully, will hang. I'm I'm actually watching crude oil futures uh, for the last couple hours. It's just been, just been trading down off a of Friday squeeze. This is probably a healthy retrace, but. In all honesty, when we're kind of looking at, uh, let me pull this up really quick. I lost my chart here. We've been kind of looking at just all the futures in general and seeing what's happening. The, the bond yields are just completely climbing. So people, I think this week is going to be the one week that we start to see a lot of pull out of these ETFs and these equity sectors where people are actually going to start contemplating going into fixed income. I think right now with crude oil just retracing overnight, I wouldn't be too nervous about XLE. But I think we had last week we were talking about futures. And I think uh, with oil, I think it's going to start stabilizing this 90 to 100 range. I don't think it's going to collapse out. We may be surprised if it does. I mean, it's still bullish around that 68 area on XLE. But if people start rolling out of equities pretty hard this week and into fixed income, you know, as the yields get high enough, they start to compete with inflation and people start to contemplate that being kind of the realm to go with their money. And we'll see if there's any rotation into it. Right now, it just looks like a kind of a healthy retrace, but we're about to test kind of Friday's lows and actually the week's lows for um, for XLE. So it could be a little, yeah, you hit that 68 level, it's going to get pretty bad. So I would watch out on that one. Hold on a second. Or do you guys have another one you want me to take a look at really quick? It gets a little uh, chaotic in the morning because I'm doing my trades and I'm doing my stream and everything. So, yeah, um, let's do one more. Let's just do AMD. AMD. All right, let's go for it. And actually, my platform just my platform just froze for a second here. Um, one second. AMD. Okay, let's take a look. Um, AMD is a. Looks like we have, I can't really see the chart right now. It looks like a, oh, here we go, AMD. My, I think there's some pros for a minute there. Um, AMD had a really kind of nasty last couple of days. I think a lot of things are in that sector. are very sensitive to Bitcoin and Bitcoin prices. Everybody knows we're going to possibly what's called, you know, Bitcoin winter. And you're going to have some sensitivity to the price of Bitcoin falls. The demand for, for chips and stuff might be uh, lessened because that's basically what the big, demand squeeze was for as far as video cards video cards go um, bitcoin mining is very popular obviously whenever it's very high and bitcoin tried to fill its gap from basically the 4th of february and hasn't done that yet um but even so despite the price of bitcoin it's like implied demand because you know the, the stores are out of inventory of these things anyway so basically not going to increase sales just because bitcoin is going up it's just going to increase the value on the secondary market so amd it's just kind of like sympathy trading to bitcoin right now nothing really scary there but i think the signal i'm looking at the liquidity map here it does look like um 118 and a half is kind of our hedge pressure resistance and 117 and a half is like on the monthly scale so going to friday um, Bitcoin does kind of have some bearish pressure all the way from 
118 and lower. So those two hedging areas are going to be kind of resistance today. So I think it's going to suffer what most of the other stocks are today is that we're just retracing Friday's sell a little bit. And then right at that 118 area, it's going to kind of be the toss up. So right now, I'm not too eager to go in and short any of the stocks. It's mirroring what the S&P and NASDAQ are both doing. And both of them are just kind of trading up to that known resistance. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to gauge about there to see what we're going to do. So again, it's it looks just like everything else, tracing up and you know it's going to hit that level. And I'm going to have to watch to see if it's going to short. So 118 um, is that bear side limit. 119 is that bull side break. So 119 and above is is where it's going to squeeze, to my in my opinion. Perfect. Thank you, Matt. What's up, SoFlo? <laughs> yeah. So um, another thing I, I noticed, uh, stock market news mentioned something about Nike. Uh, we did see some big volume spikes on Nike just at open, um, but I do want to note that this week we are going to have. Um, what is it? Retail sales. Yeah. On retail sales data on Wednesday, uh, which can affect names like Nike, Walmart, Lululemon, and so on and so forth. So I do think this should be somewhat of an interesting week for retail names uh, since Nike does have a catalyst as well. And it is kind of sitting at that double bottom zone. I think uh, watching some consolidation here will be the move and a potential breakout or breakdown of the zone that it's currently trading in is what I'm going to be watching for Nike. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And yeah, if any of you guys place any trades, just throw up that hand. Would love to hear about it. Um, definitely want to have some live trading on here. All right, Big O, we got you back on. What's going on, man? Ozone trading. If you're uh, if you're here, there we go. Morning. What's going on, man? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Have you made any moves yet? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, scalping a few different things here this morning. Uh, scalped that Amazon Gap feel. We played NVIDIA on the consolidation break. Tesla currently doji. Spy's not doing anything. We've basically sit inside a range of Friday. We're looking for Netflix a break retest back to the downside here. It's also a break retest back to the top side um, on the five minutes. So if it breaks 396.50, we're going to look at taking it long. Target's going to be 398.400. The market seems to be moving. Well, it's still in the consolidation. It's still super bearish. So right now we're just scalping. And uh, we also took SE short, so it's just a gap and go to the downside. It's a break retest at pivot 60. So the market's basically just kind of still inside of a range from Friday. Um, it's not picked a direction. probably won't know till 9.45, 10 o'clock. Um, but other than that, I don't really see much movement in anything else, really. Uh, oil's always doing good, of course. But uh, other than that, it looks pretty decent. What do you guys cool. think about Disney? I just I just added to my position on Disney, and I'm I'm up one percent this morning. But what do you guys think for the long time? I'll tell you. One second. Oh yeah, so Disney's break retest. Uh, be careful. There's a major resistance level at one fifty one fifty. Um, let's see. Currently inside month, weeks inside. Uh, it's a nice reversal, though, back to the top side. It did make a higher low on the daily, though. Currently inside. There's still small gap filled down below. Uh, it could be just like Netflix. It could pull up here and retest, so be careful. Uh, you may want to take a little bit off when it gets close to 151. But if, it's more of a, if it's more of a long-term play for you, 
Um, you might not need to worry on the day to day. I think we're I think we're all pretty happy with Disney as a long term play, especially after earnings were very solid last week. Yeah, I did. I I bought in at one twenty eight, and then ten minutes after earnings, I sold at one sixty. And so this is me buying back in at one forty. Uh, sorry, what am I what am I buy back in at? Uh, I bought back in at. Uh, one forty nine seventy five. So I think I might hold long here. I, I bought three hundred shares. So oh, yeah. got it. Hopefully, it, hopefully it doesn't break through for you. Um, that may, it's a. Uh, I don't want to jinx any trade for you, but man, yeah, I mean, I had so much upside from that from that that trade last week on earnings that I'm I'm beautiful reversal. I mean, yeah, absolutely yeah. beautiful reversal, especially on the weekly man. That those um. When they reverse retracing through those large red candles, man, them are money. They they always go right to open top or high. Absolutely crazy. Fingers crossed, man. What's up, SoFlo? Yeah, so I took Nike long. I was just talking about that range that I was trading in. I took some calls on Nike over uh, that 140, 140.78. Um, obviously, I'm going to set a you know tight slop loss with today to just keep in, keep it on watch. Uh, but if we base above this 140 to 141 level, I do have it going up to uh, 142.27. Okay. Very interesting. 142.27. Okay. Continuing to watch on Nike for the ones that I've been alerted on so far is just AMD. I've just been seeing bullish calls coming in on the AMD 118 levels. Um, that's what people have been grabbing in the morning. So they've just been riding this little spike up. Uh, could continue to go. I think that's something which we'll focus on. I know Matt's levels closer to that 119. PB, have you made any moves? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I didn't raise my hand, but I took a Moderna short. I took some puts at around 156, and then I sold them at about 154 for like a 25% gain. But that's it for right now. Evan, what are you watching? Um, I mean, I'm just really chilling, watching, waiting for the, the heat map and everything to come out from a news perspective. You know, AMD definitely uh, did have some news catalysts come out this morning, so I would expect it to be kind of moving on its own compared to the rest of the market today. Definitely with the closing of its Xilinx acquisition, plus Lisa Su taking over as board chair. So I think that uh, we may see AMD more trade on that today than some other stuff. So uh, I'll be watching that for my personal investing uh, we'll see going forward. I'm still hoping that, you know, we can get a little bit of a Facebook retest going a tiny bit lower. We're getting close to the area where I'm like, okay, maybe it's time for me to start DCAing in for the long term, but still up in the air. I, uh, I definitely feel like I'll, I'll be on spaces more before I do a lot of this stuff. So I'll be able to talk about it a little more. What do you guys think of uh, Twitter right now? Do you think that, uh, uh, that's hitting a bottom or do you think it's still going to, it still has more downside? I will say I own a decent position in Twitter and I have no interest to adding to it and do kind of regret still having as large of a position I did. I did sell a decent bit at a decent profit, so I'm about even right now on it. I have no faith in Twitter to really be able to turn on the revenue entrance. Uh, for me, this has been a fantastic product, terrible company for the last long while, and I feel like that might continue. So I have no faith until it and uh yeah that's where i'm at with it do you think do you think spaces taking off potentially this year with with nfts affects it at all or do you think that's a non-event i think spaces is the best thing that they've created since you know the original twitter i think this is one of the best tools um 
you know, when I look at revenue it's bringing into the company, there's they really haven't been able to monetize this. It's another great feature from Twitter that doesn't really change the the monetization of it. So you don't uh, think it rises all boats with their with their standard like feeds advertising? You know, people being no, on space. I would say a, a tiny, tiny bit because. You know, what I would say is, is Twitter is behind a lot of these other companies in this form of advertising on your page. Uh, and, and Apple really knocked out, you know, Facebook. And, and, you know, the thing with Twitter is, is they weren't really using those ads. So it didn't really affect them in, 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 a, in a much place. But it's not like Twitter getting better. It's more like the entire competition coming down to Twitter. So maybe there's a, a small effect on people seeing ads, but it's so negligible and Twitter's so terrible at, at all this advertising stuff. I don't know. There, there's gotta be stuff. There's gotta be stuff within spaces to make money, whether it's advertising. I don't know what it is, but they haven't figured it out. I, I think the product itself and, and what myself and Wolf and everyone up here uh, ha, ha, helping us, but what we've been able to create with this, um, you know, I, I don't think can be understated. And it really is a huge, massive ongoing opportunity. I think it's one of the best things they've created, but, you know, I really think this goes down to the point uh, of Twitter makes real is a great service. I love using it. There's a little toxicity, but I, I think it's all into who you're following. I still love Twitter, um, and it's just another great product. That they how are we going to make money from it? I don't know. We, we, it seems like we're in the same boat. Twitter needs a, a shake up, and we'll see if I get my opportunity to sell a little bit more. But I'm not going to sell at this point. Well, I guess we'll see if we'll start seeing uh, ad, ads pinned to spaces at the top uh, with every space we have. I don't see why not uh, as annoying as it is, but as you know, as long as you can hear what we're saying at all times, having something visually on your screen for five, 10 seconds, you know, this is an audio only space. I don't see how, how that is a, is a big problem there. And, but I, I do think it kind of comes into the point of you are showing something on Wolf's spaces with all these people up here that, you know, Wolf should get a, a piece of that as well. So I, I think oh, it yeah, definitely goes into agree. building so I, I don't know if you saw this headline today from Snapchat. They are working on building advertisements into stories uh, for creators and then sharing some of that money back with the creators. And I think that if they took that type of route, there, there's different things they could do um, where, you know, I, I think there's a huge potential for a visual component to this. Obviously, when you're lagging and, and you know, the voice quality isn't perfectly there, we got to focus on voice. But, you know, I, I do think there's a lot of untapped potential with spaces where we have... Uh, what what do we have right now? 360 people just chilling in here doing, and, and you're telling me we can't find a, a way to monetize it. And you know what also I, I think a big problem is, is a lot of the times we don't know. It's hard now with Apple's changes. You can't be like, okay, I, I want to go after this type of person. It, it's a lot more difficult right now. But we literally have three tags at the top, investing, business use, business research. We literally just gave them free, three free tags to tell them what type of people are in here. So I, I think there's, there's a lot of untapped potential in spaces. But Pretty the problem points. is it's still untapped. Yeah. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting, about... too, if they let Wolf like choose what ad is at the top of his space as well and then let him revenue participate in that revenue as well. I really think that's the future of the, this type of advertising where, you know, I, I've come back to this. Apple knocked out Facebook in, in that type of advertising where it's hard to know who's who because of the new updates and what they're looking for. I think that there's a way that you can really partner with these creators. You know, I am biased. I am one of them. But I, I know my audience. Wolf knows his audience. We, if we really work with – or Twitter came to us and worked with, with these creators and, and gave them those type of ads, I think it would end up helping everyone. But, hey, that's just me and my, my own private thoughts. Yeah, Twitter's definitely an interesting one, but not one that I think we're going to be trading too much of today. 
Uh, looking at a couple of other areas, AMD still pretty much going. I'm looking at the AMD 117s on the weekly. Uh, I added I added them to a watch list at around, I guess, $30 to around 415 So looking at them, they're at 445 right now. Uh, do like what the stock's doing. May come in and take a position, uh, but still waiting for just another minute or two of confirmation. Big O, any thoughts on AMD or anything else going on here? Big O moves. I guess it's ozone is what I should maybe call them. That's what he responded to last time. All right. Kieran Nunn, SoFlo, making anything further? Yeah, I actually I took a lucid long. Um, I took some calls, actually. I took the 25s, uh, and this thing just exploded. I wouldn't chase it. This thing has been running very, very aggressively. Another name that looks really good is uh TTD, the trade desk. Uh, it seems that it's, it's had solid volume coming in, catching a lot of bids. Um, and as of right now, Nike is still just kind of coasting right at that breakout level. Uh, no confirmation on Nike just yet. And yeah, TDoc looking strong, CVS looking extremely weak, along with Moderna, of course. Uh, there's a lot of news coming out on Moderna over the past weekend. So uh, that's definitely the reason why it's falling right now. Perfect. Thank you, Matt. What do you think about uh, some of the ones that we just put out there? TTD, perhaps, as well as I'd like to hear your thoughts on Uber. You mean, did you? Did I hear my name? Yep, for Excellent. TTD and Uber. Let's take a look at Uber really quick. And good morning, everybody. Again, if you're just tuning in to our good morning FinTwit, looks like Uber is starting off with a nice. I mean, it has downward pressure today. Uber is looking on the. On the opening side of that, let me pull the chart up. It is, it's, it has a similar look to the S and P. Has a similar look to the Nasdaq. A lot of the stocks are almost looking exactly the same. We had that big squeeze on Friday. You know, there was a there was a, a delta run into Friday expiring options for all the stocks, and everything just traded down. Everything has that same look, or it looks to want to retrace to that little liquidity pocket. Uber's uh, got some downward hedging right at about thirty seven and a half. And right at 37 is the bear side. So I'll actually, just to show you guys when I hear me talk, what I'm actually mapping out, I'll show you. Um, so a lot of the stocks, right, for me, all of my trades are pretty much looking exactly the same way. Uber and other stocks that have the same look, I usually either sit out and let them fall or I wait for them to retrace to these levels and then I jump back in the short. So I think today, if we get a little relaxation, 37 is that level that really makes me see there's a little resistance there. And even so, nothing nothing's looking hot today out the door. So I'll, I'll share this chart with, if, with everybody in just a second, if you guys want um, to see that. And then yeah, I'll get you another one if you have one more while you got me. Cool. Uh, the other one that I threw over, so I think another one that could be pretty interesting right here would be Amazon. All righty, take a look at Amazon really quick. All right, let me, I'll run that and give you guys the numbers that I'm looking at. And so what I'm looking at, guys, is um, positional risk analysis. So what we look for is active positions in the market, and they look for hedging against the options that are used to hedge those positions, so the hedging on the hedging. Two numbers I have, one of them that looks at the bear side and bull side of risk distribution. Amazon's always a little spotty. Um, so let me plot up. And the other number looks at the automated buying and selling due to uh, Delta hedging from automated programs. So we look at where those buy and sell programs are. Amazon, uh, same exact as Uber. It has a resistance at 3130, kind of like a retrace level. And I think that just like everything else, I think if nothing else happens today 
and there's no volatility, it looks like the VIX is kind of coming down. We're probably going to retrace up to these levels. So um, 3130 is that limit on Amazon. It's getting a little long hedging from uh, the Delta bots. We're looking at 3055 as support there. So that little 3055 break has Amazon um, kind of sandwiched between a really solid support, 3055, and a really solid resistance at 3130. So everything in the S&P looks exactly the same. Everything in the NASDAQ has its exact setup today. So like a relaxation dead cat bounce off of uh, Friday's runoff, but nothing looks bullish on the open. We're going to have to have some substantial breaks um, and a lot of these mega caps to get the entire index or any, any of these sectors to push bullish. So bearish again. All the ones I've talked about today, bearish. So, Okay. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate the insight there. All right. Let's see what else we have going on. So, PB, are you, are you getting in and out of those positions, the positions you mentioned before? Yeah, you know, that Moderna short was pretty nice. I sold too early, but that's fine. But, yeah, I'm just scalping right now, in and out. Like, I'm watching TGT um, short if it goes, like, if it closes under 210 on the five minute. But that's really it right now. I'm just getting in and out. Let's see what else is coming in. So looking on scanners, still just seeing those Uber puts that came in. Let's see if we have any other alerts coming through. Okay, we're getting some more 52-week lows. So this one I thought was pretty interesting, and that is Berkshire Hathaway. The A shares just set a 52-week low. Um, they've continued to do that. They're trading at 45,000. Nah, no way. BRKA? Why am I getting? No way. Yeah, we're we're at 52-week high. Maybe is it? Is it? Well, maybe Black Box just has the wrong programming in then, because it's saying BRKA is coming. Uh, yeah. I don't know. All right, I'm blaming them. It's coming through on my scanner. Guess don't trust your scanners, kids. All right, I guess I can't just trust the scanner because it's showing a number of 52-week lows and highs, but maybe maybe they're all backwards. I don't know. I just got the notification, and I was like, oh, that, that doesn't seem right, but seems interesting. Okay, what news have we gotten, Evan? We're about 30 minutes in. Anything that you've been putting out in your tweets that you think is notable? Um, nothing too notable out there. I'm going to do it. Shout out Black Box. They have literally copied and pasted my tweets for – for a while now, so shout out to Black Box. But hey, uh, nothing news-wise. Big shout out, big shout out. Oh, I love Black Box. Nobody, nobody copies Evan's tweets better. Um, all right, let's see what else. More AMD calls coming in. I think it might happen AMD here potentially. Soflo, what do you think about AMD? Let me uh, pull it up. I was actually just watching it this morning. Yeah. So. Even... I, I had, so one thing I was watching was AMD to hold. First of all, I I had a FIB retracement down at 113.29, which is coincidentally where the day closed on Friday as well. Um, so obviously we saw that very nice balance off the 786 FIB. Uh, and I think it looks good as long as it can hold over 116 for a potential push towards uh, 120. It'll be hard to do a move like what it did on Friday, just because Friday had its catalyst, had its reasons to fall. So um, <clears throat> I think right now the key thing to do is to watch the VIX. I've been watching the VIX since the morning. It has not been able to break below 2876. So that's definitely going to be something that I will continue to watch. Every time, like I mentioned, one of the first things I said today was 
Uh, whenever we have the VIX around this 30 level, it's usually more of a risk off environment. People take slightly smaller positions than going very aggressive, especially if we're, we're talking about options. So um, yeah, AMD, let it hold 116, maybe pull back just a little bit um, towards 116.75. And if you like the volume there, I don't see why it wouldn't push towards uh, 120 and potentially get rejected around 121.80. Okay, thank you. All right, looks like we got Gerg coming on up. Yo, Gerg, what's going on? Can you hear me? I still see him connecting. Hey, I'm sorry. Were you talking to me? No, no, sorry. To uh, Gerg Gavin, he was just DMing with me. Okay, looks like he's in. What's Yo, up, what's up, boys? Good morning. How you guys doing so far? Good morning, Good morning Gerd. Gerd. How you doing, man? So far, so good. How about you guys? Any trades so far from you guys? Just Lucid, Nike, looking at Nike I think, and I think others. Lucid, I saw the headline of the earnings, correct? Like, Lucid announced the date for the earnings next week, I think. Other than that, yeah. I didn't see that. That's why it popped, right? So. Still watch the market, I guess. I think we might dump again. What do you guys think? I don't think the market is yeah. extremely stable. Uh, I think if more news comes out, people are forgetting the World War Three news. No, no, I think that could I, cause again, some chaos. Right, if you look at the markets, historically, wars kind of been good for the markets. It's kind of weird to say that, but wars good for the stock market. Gerg, though, I don't think that I think though where we are on FinTwit right now, I don't think it'll be good for FinTwit stocks. Dep- depends on what you own. Yeah, it definitely does. Like there will be certain sectors, oil, gas, whatever. Like those ones, and, and you know, defense. Like there are obvious ones that are going to support. But I think so, that no, look so at it as for a me, whole, right, I think, I the, think the, the, the no-brainer and the, and the easiest move for most people is to buy Raytheon and Lockheed, but. I think that trade has been made. The best time to buy those names was in January, right? I mean, I think oil is the best performing sector, I think, and followed by these bunch of defense names, correct? Because oil, some of these stocks up 30-40% this year so far. And no other sector is close so far. So let's see how much Lockheed up on the year. So Lockheed is up, let's see, Lockheed Martin... So Lockheed is up. Oh, it's dumping till then. So Lockheed is up ten percent for this year. Not that terrible, but great for Lockheed, right? So, and for this, I think Jan was the best time to buy that. So, and even Boeing. So Boeing before Friday was on I think ten or eleven and this was the longest I think after Feb of twenty twenty. So, I think even with Boeing, the money has been made. So. And I think Airbus has their earnings this week, so we might get some look into the potential orders, but I think Boeing has more exposure to that sector in the short term, of course. So for me, right, I think mm, I still wouldn't go along these high-growth names, I think. I'd rather wait till the March Fed decision, to be honest. And into this, right, when you see Ivy spiking up, this is when everyone is buying puts and... You should look into selling puts. So if you go back five, ten, no, if you go back ten years, and if you sold puts when everyone was buying puts, and the wix was up thirty percent, twenty percent, forty, fifty, whatever the amount, about twenty percent, 
you would have made money nine times out of ten selling the puts. So I might just uh, start selling puts in the short term as long as the implied volatility is elevated on those, right? Because when everyone is buying puts, IV goes up, so does the put price. So the put sellers, they tend to make more money. So selling puts might be a great strategy for now. So instead of going long, short the puts, right? So basically, you go short the puts as if I want to buy SPY if it pulls back to 20%. I don't think the Fed will let that happen. I don't think Fed will let SPY drop 30% this year, right? So if SPY goes down 20% from this point, SPY will be down with 30% of the year almost. So I don't see that happening. So it's almost free money, right? And again, if it goes down to that level, I would have to buy SPY there. So you win in either direction with this trade. So And... If VIX goes even higher, I might step it up a notch, right? Go down 30%. So, because lower, no, higher the uh, VIX, so VIX, right? It's basically fear index. So, when that goes up, people tend to go and buy ports, even far after the money. So, even those ports that shouldn't be worth anything become very expensive. So, that's when you go and sell them, short them. So, with these strategies of selling puts, where are you looking to sell? Like, which what's type strike? Oh, uh, so sell? With, with this, right? Avoid all of these uh, high growth volatile names. So go with the indexes. I think QQQ, Spy, VOO, these names are the best for this. Like, if you play any tech stock, that might drop 30 percent, right, in this market. But if you go with the indexes, you have the stability of having multiple options, right? For QQQ drop 40%, you need Apple, Microsoft, Google to be down 30-40%. So, but with the earnings they had, I don't see them dropping 15% or even more than that. Like, Google has phenomenal earnings. So I would probably stick to Spies and QQQs. I think QQQ is a bit more volatile. So you might get a bit more premium percentage-wise, but I like to do that with Spy though, right? So Spy has way more stocks, but QQQ is basically tech, right? So... If you want to go, if you want to go long the tech, you can probably go short the queues. So when you short the uh, ports, so you're basically saying, oh, whatever the price is, I will buy QQQ at this price. It's two, three, four months out. And for that risk, you got to pay the premium. So right away. And yeah. most brokers, they don't like IBGAR, right? The IBGAR doesn't take the entire collateral. So for some brokers, they might take 100%, so 100 shares worth of the amount. IBCAR, I've seen, takes like 2.25 years. So you still have the money. You can go spend that in other equities and you get a premium right away too. You can go and spend that too. So basically, you have double the money. So with the strategy, where does it go wrong on you? Is that if it you know, goes ahead and drops too quick on you? I mean, again, right? Let's say I want to buy SPY down 30%. I go and sell the strike if 40-50%, but I still have to buy SPY at that strike. So that's the main uh, downside, right? So don't do this with any stocks or meme stocks that might drop 40-50-60%, but SPY, I'm really, really confident we don't see a 30% drop this year from here. Like, I think even if, let's say... Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think if, even, if, yeah even if Russia invades Ukraine, China invades Taiwan... Like, we have two, three more wars. We have, let's say, a big famine. We have hunger strikes everywhere. We have riots all around the world. 
I don't think Spyro should drop 40 percent though. Gerg, I don't know, man. I, I was agreeing with you, but if, if everything you just laid out happens in, in a short period of time, small chance. That was a lot. That was a long list. I, I was firmly going to agree with you. Like, yeah, I don't think we see a 30%, but hey, I, I guess if we lay out the worst case of the world, maybe there is a chance. No, I think even even, even if Biden dies... I'm an optimist, though. I don't think that's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, we, we won't see a big drop like that. But... Jeez, Gerg. No, this is the worst case. I mean, he's old, right? So anything can happen to him, but... He is pretty old. Evan, anything else you want to end on? on no, that I think strategy? that's good. Okay. Good stuff. So, Gerg, have, are, you haven't made any trades today, right? So far, nope. So, for me, I, I almost never make trades before 10. So, is it 10? Yeah, it's 10, 10 yet. So, yeah. I might make some. But, ASCR, I'm seeing even more puts. Someone's buying 20 puts. So, you can see that? Like, 10 is the the floor guy, right? For which one? ASDR, 20 puts. But again, they were on the bed, so... Interesting. Yeah. Uh, let me see. ASTR. Yeah, I didn't get, like, any notifications or anything, but... I see I see the puts. I see some about the $5 puts, yeah. And ASDR, right? Like, um, they had some weird launches. Like, the first launch they had, the rocket went sideways. You guys see that? I did not see that. So, like, instead, right, the rockets tend to go up right in the sky. The actual rocket went left. They, they tend to, up. yeah. Yeah. So, the rockets, right, they made to go up. But this guy, but even the last one, right, the last one, I think, blew up the field and they had the NASA payload. So, the stock got hammered. So, I think this they had, wait, one they had first a payload from did, NASA. Did they have a payload on it or did it just yeah, blow had, up, like, in the They testing. had a payload from NASA and two universities. So, Gotcha. And, because honestly, yeah. dude, I looked to SpaceX and a couple other companies. Like, obviously, rocket. Like, we we have a saying like it's not rocket science. Like, this literally is rocket science. So yeah. I could see how it would blow up and it would be hard. Like, so like if something no, goes up and, in the testing stages, that's no, one and, thing. And, but and, there's uh, cargo on it. That's yeah. different. I agree. And again, right? Like, why are these early stage startups going public? And this went public with SPAC too. So. Like companies like this have no reason to be public until they prove that it actually work, right? Like, I don't think they have seen a successful rocket launch deploying cargo. They did have, I think, a successful launch, but they, it had no cargo. But the first one with the cargo, it kind of blew up, right? And they did issue a public apology to NASA. But if I was NASA, I would probably never use them again, right? It should be on the top. I shared it to you. Do you guys see that on top by Astra? I had not seen it about Astra before, but that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, I do it wanna... should be on. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I wanna I wanna bring us back towards a little bit more uh, general market as well too. Uh, if you wanna weigh in on all these these other areas, um, I haven't seen any hands up, so I don't know if anybody's placed any trades. But what'd you say? Did you see SE though down like fourteen fifty percent last time I checked? I think India bought banned. Yeah, they banned. F- yeah, fifty more apps. So I think they had from Alibaba, they have from Tencent, they have from SE the gaming app. So the gaming is the app so far, but certain telecoms they might ban the uh, spectrum for those names. That was the headline from Bloomberg, but the additional one should affect ten percent of revenue. This is assuming no updates and. People don't delete that. And in the future, the people that have the app, the app might be used, uh, unused will do, right? 
And I think that was the number one gaming gap in that country too. So pretty cool to know about that. But again, what's up, PB? Oh yeah, yeah. Let PB go. He's been waiting for a while. What's up, PB? What's up? What's up? Um, no, just wanted to say like that TGT sure, I'm not sure if you guys caught on to that earlier that I said in here under that 210 support. It did just flush, so I locked my puts. If anyone in here also took those for about a 30% gain in a couple minutes. Nice call for Moderna too. It's still hauling. Yeah, yeah, I know. Wish I would have held that one longer though. So that too fast. Yeah. Moderna, the CEO's been dumping a lot of um shares so that's what's been happening with this one and he deleted his twitter account i'm pretty sure well, Who yeah. did? i mean I, I would do that too right so there's so much fake news about them selling yeah like he sold under a million dollars worth of shares but last three years he sold i think 400 million yeah that's the headline though right and he's like oh sears sells half a billion in shares and it's still oh, yeah. so the headline's a bit misleading but Everyone and the mom is talking about that, so you might see negative selling sentiment of that alone. So, yeah, it was a stage hit opportunity. What's up, Big O? We got a lot of tickers fixing to break the top side here. Uh, a lot of tickers are break retesting back to the top side. So, APPS, Netflix, Amazon, testing the video. So, anything that takes the high of the day is going to be long. On that break consolidation. What about short? You, you look like you short. were looking Myrna to go market great. short. <clears throat> Myrna's a great short. SE is going to break short right this second. Well, with Dutch, it's a break consolidation of the downside. Still making lower lows. Uh, Tesla, we had these large pullbacks on them, but they continue to make higher lows. So, still bullish. So, just super volatile. Make sure you keep your stops tight. You know, What about Square? The market's still choppy. So... Still not in the clear. So I suggest everybody keep tight stops and take profits often. Um, market's still bearish. The bottom's definitely not in by any means. Buys in, in a really tight consolidation instead of a larger consolidation, which means it's a, a doji on the month. There's indecision. It's a chop. You have VIX still inside of Friday's range. Same thing with SPY. There's just no, there's no volume or momentum there. So it's uh, super sketchy. Super sketchy. What about Square? That's one of the ones that I saw. You uh, Square is still making higher lows. It's failing to make a new high currently. And you see that big wick on the 15-minute? Uh, that tells a story. Now, if it can take high day here and retest, uh, it's got the possibility to go back up to 116. There is a pivot sitting at 118. So that would be the daily target on it. Uh, it's still bullish. But if you look at SE, SE's broke down there. And also, SQ has reversed from this range, 107 to 118, three different times in the last week or two. So, in this range, it's super choppy. A lot of room, but you got to be super careful. SQ's bullish on the day, but if it breaks high day, it'll be long. Looks like it's trying to break out now. Yep. Up, up 5.21%. No, Square, give me 50 bucks. Like, stop playing with me, right? Like, all of the fintechs have shitty earnings. Last three, we had, we had a firm down 40% in two days after. Before that, we had PayPal down 25% right after the earnings. Before that, 
we had Lending Club down 30% after earnings. So, none of these fintech names have had good earnings. The next one we have is UPSD, correct? This week? Or uh, next week? Yeah, Tuesday, I, believe. I think that they're this week. I believe Tuesday. Yeah, so I mean, all of the fintech names, right? They have been dumping after earnings. So, I don't mm-hmm. think UPSD will be outliner. I think UPSD dumps two after earnings. So. If it goes to 30 bucks, I'll buy some UPSD this week on Tuesday. Okay, uh, let's actually use that to touch real quick. Evan, what earnings are we looking at for this week? Let me get to all of that. So, it, it you know, we're on the tail end of earnings season, but I would say this is still a three weeks where we are in the max, the peak, um, you know, I feel like earnings cycles in the past, it, it felt like we had a, a lot of mega cap names reporting on one day. Uh, it, it's it's felt like this week has little, been a little bit more spread out, this this earnings cycle, but still we are very much in there. And, and I think that theme is going to is gonna play out where we're going to have one or two major companies that, that people are going to care about each day reporting. Today, it, it's kind of slow. We have Avis, Car Budget Group. Uh, I know used cars and, and everything like that. And rentals have become a huge topic recently. Weber would have reported this this morning, advanced auto parts, a couple other things like that today. Tomorrow, we have Roblox, Upstart, as Gerg was saying, Airbnb, Viacom, CBS, Wynn Resorts, and and then stuff like Marriott, restaurant brands, QSR, uh, and and a couple others in the morning. Then Wednesday, I I know the highlight of the week is going to be NVIDIA, ticker NVDA. That's going to be Wednesday after the close. They will be joined by, by Apply Materials. Marathon Oil, Quantum Scape, Cisco, DoorDash, Fastly, a couple others in there. And then Wednesday morning, there's going to be Shopify. I know a lot of people will care about Trade Desk, Crocs, Barrick, Wix, Kraft Heinz, Analog Devices, AMC Networks, not AMC, but AMC Networks. I know they had a Super Bowl commercial yesterday. Uh, moving over to Thursday in the morning, there's going to be Palantir and Walmart. So actually will be uh, uh, two large companies there that people care about. Palantir, obviously, a tiny, tiny bit smaller than Walmart, just a tiny bit. Uh, but no, Palantir will be that bigger name. than Walmart. <laughs> uh, you, honest truth, on Fintwit, Palantir will get more clicks, views, likes, engagement yeah. than Walmart's earnings, 100%. But we, we know the scales. We, we know our lanes. <laughs> but um, uh, afternoon on Thursday, we got Roku, Dropbox, Sunrun, Shake Shack, not not too much after that. And then Friday morning, we got DraftKings, Deer, and, and that looks about it. Blumen Brands, shout out Outback. Uh, let me go through and, and give you guys one or two of the expectations, which Wall Street is expecting. Can, can you go over it? NVIDIA, Roblox, and Palantir? Perfect. All right, so NVIDIA, Wall Street is expecting. Again, this is Wednesday after the market's closed. Wall Street is expecting EPS of... $1.22, that's up 56.4% year over year, and then revenue of $7.43 billion, that is up 48.6% year over year, and then expect those numbers to be released right around 4.20 p.m., and I would assume that, p.m. Eastern, sorry, and I would assume the conference call is going to be at 5 p.m. Eastern. Then on Palantir, which again will be uh, Thursday before the markets open, Wall Street is expecting EPS of $0.04, cents. That is down from EPS of $0.06 cents in the same quarter last year. They're expected revenue of $418.07 million. That is up 29.8% year over year. 
and you should be expecting those numbers out right around 7 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. And then the last one I got in front of me is Roblox, which will be – that was the last thing you said, right, Kirk? Roblox? I'm going to roll with it. Yeah, ETS, yes, sir. Yeah. Roblox or DraftKings, I think. DraftKings would have more do, right? So I don't think Roblox would have to Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got both of them for you. So we got Roblox, which EPS is expected to come in at negative seven cents. Uh, I don't have the year over year. I believe they have any. I believe this is their fourth quarter public, maybe less. I might have embarrassed myself there. Uh, and then revenue of seven hundred seventy-eight point three million. Uh, and then expect those numbers to come out right around four oh five. And then DraftKings. Here we go. We got that on Friday before the markets open. We got EPS of negative sixty-five cents. So still a. Uh, Definitely a cash burning business, but that is up from negative sixty eight cents in the same quarter last year. So good for them. Uh, revenue is coming in, expected to be four hundred forty five point five million, which is up thirty eight point four percent year over year. And then you should expect those numbers to come out around seven a.m. on uh, on Friday. Perfect. Any that you're specifically most excited for, Evan? Uh, Nvidia. That's definitely the one front and center that I, I definitely do care the most about from a you know, news guy standpoint and what I got to worry about, uh, you know, what people are going to care about. Definitely Palantir is up there a hundred percent. And, uh, Palantir is definitely going to be the one most people care about. I'll also be watching Roku, DraftKings, Shopify, Roblox, a couple others in there. Uh, Airbnb was a name that I started to buy semi recently and I haven't added to the, to any dips in a little bit. So uh, definitely we'll be watching those earnings as well, possibly if we, if we get a decent dip after and nothing change on my underlying thesis there, uh, maybe one that, that I got to add to. So I would say NVIDIA is the number one pal- palantir from the perspective of the news guy, and then Airbnb is one that I might actually add to going out there. Okay, awesome. We'll keep an eye on those. All right. And, pretty- you know, the, the rumor yeah. is me, Elvon, and Wolf, all, and Stock Dog Daily. We'll do a spaces about earnings every single day at 3.45. So can you confirm everyone about the rumors about those? I can confirm we will be live probably every single day uh, talking about earnings uh, in one way or form or another, 100%. I know we got a couple of spaces planned in there throughout the start three that will probably go to like 4.15, 4.30 into those earnings time. But I know tomorrow I don't think we do. So we'll definitely be doing that. Okay. Yeah, definitely. We will be doing it. We'll, we'll be live in one form of another. Actually, this feels like a good time to point out just what our spaces are for the week. If anybody hasn't had a chance already, you can click in and check out my pinned tweet, and that will give you a rundown of all the spaces we're doing this week. So there are 12 spaces focused on the stock market and different styles of trading. There are six NFT Web3 slash crypto spaces and then one real estate space. So that is going to be four spaces every single day this week, except for Friday, where we will have three. Uh, and you can easily know when all these spaces are by using our singular tool. So we, just for example here, I don't like trying to keep track of 16 different events on my calendar. Even more than that, I don't want to have to keep track of all the different people that are on those events, recordings from those events, and everything like that. So what I did for you know myself in the beginning, and now it's become a great tool for people to use, is created a public Google Calendar. On this Google Calendar, I have it listed as a Twitter Spaces calendar, and I can add all the events I want onto one main calendar. And now we can share that calendar easily with anybody that wants. So we have actually about 3,500 people that have now reached out and are now shared on that calendar. 
This makes it super easy for them to know when all of our spaces are going to be. Get a heads up, get a notification, come to the spaces that they think are going to most benefit them. And the easiest way to get on this calendar is all you have to do is DM right now, either myself or my co Stock Market News. If you haven't already checked this out, it's a one of a kind tool. Makes your life super easy for finding and discovering the best financial Twitter spaces in all areas of finance. So, one more time, all you have to do is DM myself or Stock Market News and just send us an email. Preferably a Gmail, works the smoothest with this calendar, but no worries if you don't have one, we can use something else and we will get you onto the calendar. Again, three and a half thousand people, including hedge fund managers, CEOs, stock you know, gurus, all different types of people using this calendar. Even people who work at Twitter Spaces have DM'd and asked to be added to this calendar. So one more time, all you have to do is just DM us your Gmail. It's completely free. We're not passing down anything to you. We don't share your information with anybody. Uh, this is just a tool to help FinTwit find great spaces. Evan, is there anything you want to add to that? No, I think that was perfect. Just make sure you're following Wolf Financial as well, and you'll see a lot of the spaces at your timeline once you get notified on your calendar. Perfect. And today, this is our first of our spaces. I am switching up a little bit for the space after this. It might take a little bit of a Web3 you know, twist, but it is more of a mental health space. Um, had some friends who had family pass away recently. So doing that at 12.30 p.m. EST today. And then 3 p.m. EST, we are going to have a power hour with Bullish Rippers. So you can see the Bullish Rippers account that's in here with others. And then 7 p.m. EST, doing a bit of a unique space. Uh, we often see spaces where people come and they pitch stocks. We see plenty of spaces where people come and they pitch their NFT projects. And we see some where people come and talk about crypto. But I haven't really seen all three in one. So I got uh, different people from each space to come tonight and do one each to pitch a stock, a crypto, and an NFT. So I think that will be fun if people want to show up and check that out this evening. All right, we can bring it back into some of the trading here. SoFlo, uh, any any uh, decisions yet made on Nike or others? Yeah, so obviously with the current, I'm watching the indexes. Um, VIX has been stuck in this 4.9% range all day. Uh, I'm not really liking any long positions completely just yet. Uh, with with Nike, I mean, it did, you know, it stayed over that breakout level, but it hasn't proven to be very strong just yet. Keep in mind, Nike is a very slow mover. It doesn't usually uh, move a lot in a day. So <clears throat> seeing that it's actually still holding over 140 is signifying that, you know, buyers are keeping it above this level. Uh, besides that, though, one thing that was very interesting that happened while, uh, you know, we were talking was that a firm broke its all-time lows uh, from when it first IPO'd, which was very, very interesting to see. Uh, I think that's, that's something to keep your eyes on. Uh, it's it's uh, especially with upstart earnings coming tomorrow. I think uh, this is, you know, these payment processors or these payment, you know, companies are going to have a lot of volatility uh, this week. OK, I see that. Yeah, that definitely could be something to watch out for. Are there any uh, news or macro events or Gerg, I see you unmuted. I'll go to you first and then I'll come back to the question. Yeah, I want to just say if you want to play UPST earnings, the IV so damn high. Even with Affirm, it's high, but it's not as high as UPSD, so you might be better off playing Affirm, I think. What, what do you think of the all-time low break uh, for Affirm? Uh, I can pull that up real quick. AFRM. Let's see. Yeah, not pretty. Uh, I don't see any reason to buy the stock here, to be quite honest. 
what do you think so far? Um, I'm not, I'm not touching it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, for sure there's computers out there that's buying this at this low level, but I'm definitely staying away from this for now. Uh, it would be, it's just very interesting to watch considering, you know, the, the year that a firm has had a uh, very, very interesting to watch. But on top of that, Walmart has also been, uh, I think Walmart's currently selling off and obviously a firm is partnered with Walmart. So, uh, it could be a reason that it's pulling it down. Uh, Walmart earnings is one of my favorites to watch this, this week. I know no one on Twitter likes to talk about, you know, these boring, uh, stocks, but I think they are you know, very important companies to keep on watch, especially if you're trading anything in retail. Yeah, even last okay. week, and everything, yeah, was, everything was selling point. off. And- Coke and Pepsi were making new all-time highs, so don't forget those names. I I, I think also um, on the AFRM thing, I think this is something really good for a lot of people in the audience to look at. So if you have the opportunity, I would recommend pulling up this AFRM chart in front of you. And this is just the type of stock that you don't want to be buying from a technical perspective right now. There's just a lot that's wrong with it in a couple of different areas. So one of the things that you can look at is it is setting its new all-time low. So you can go back. It's way below the IPO, you know, the start to there. And then even from those May 13th lows, it's fallen below that too. It's had multiple days now of just red selling, selling. Nothing to say there's not going to be continued selling as people, a lot of people have stopped set. It's honestly, it's just, you know, it falls below a key level, like an all-time low and people just have stopped. They don't want to take that risk. They get stopped out and that's when you see a big red candle like you saw back on, uh, I think it was Thursday. And in another thing to look at here, you do have a 200 day moving average. So you have all your major key moving averages. It's been around long enough. It's below all of them. It's below every uh, anchor VWAP that you're going to set. You just don't have anything to look at to say, hey, there's support here. I should be buying this. You don't have volume uh, down here because uh, you don't have too much uh, precedent or price history. So you really need this to make a reclaim up to, I don't know, a point like <laughs> even at this point, it feels like it has to jump up like 10, 15, $20. till it gets even a little bit attractive to some of these algorithms. Um, you can look at RSI. It's just beaten down. It's not at a good point. Uh, MACD is having a <laughs> cross the wrong way right now. Just everything looks pretty bad to be honest with a stock like this. And yet people will still look at it and say, Hey, you know, I want to buy in um, because it's a name that I see trending on my timeline or somebody told me else, someone told me to buy it, but there's just not as a short-term technical trade. You just can't make a thesis that works for this. Uh, you can look at it from fundamentals. If perhaps you really like the industry and maybe you like the earnings. And I don't think that the earnings were too bad besides for the whole leak that happened. Uh, but you can't look at it from a technical perspective and justify, Hey, I'm going to make this, you know, swing trade or something, unless it's a day trade. And of course, right. You can, you can play puts. If that's amazing. Now, SC is just scaring me here. It's down 19%. Um, so that's a that's a whole different story right there. But yeah, AFRM, I think, is one where you can just clearly see it's in a downtrend and you don't want to take that chance. Speaking of SC, we can go back to that. You can look at SC and say, hey, it's not at all-time lows, right? It's bouncing here. And what I think pretty clearly people are going to look at with SC is going to be, I, I'm pretty sure this is the, could this be the 50-day? No, it's got to be way below the 50-day. Uh, this is, uh, there's basically, okay, it's the 14 day average VWAP, I guess is what I'd be looking at here for it to bounce off of. But even within a stock like SC that's been falling, you can still look at previous price history and you do have some moving averages and you're going to have a couple of anchored VWAPs and like you can, 
I, I mean, I'm not going long on this at this point because it's just a falling knife, but there's more to look at versus something like Afram, which I do think feels pretty dead in the water, uh, at least at the moment. Uh, okay, PV, I know you've been getting kind of up and down. Are you back up? Yeah, yeah, I just actually um scalped some spy puts on that little knife. Um, I called it out on my Twitter, but I didn't want to interrupt or anything. But yeah, I'm just playing the um the little scalps right now, waiting for. That's what I'm doing right now. But yeah, sorry, I keep getting rugged for some reason. I don't know why. Mm, uh, so you took spy puts. So spy right now down about point six. Uh, so where did you take the puts? Uh, date and strike, or are you already out of them? Oh, I actually just sold them right now for like a twenty percent gain. Great now, literally. I bought them at around four thirty nine. Just playing the downtrend. Okay, in and out. Yeah, and definitely feel free to throw up that hand. Definitely, I, th- I like that part of the space the best where people come in with a live trading. Big O, can you hear me? Ozone. I know the man gets in the zone. He's been uh, he's been DMing me. Yeah, Greg, you like that one? Okay. Yeah, Ozone, what's up? O three. Ozone's O three, right? If I'm not if I'm not wrong. Is it? I don't know. I think with oxygen, oxygen goes up, reacts with more oxygen, and that turns into O3. So that's why O3 is in the top layers of the of the atmosphere, right? So good science chat, yeah, Gerg. I think you're right. <laughs> Scientist Gerg, Gerg, you, you, what you doing for Valentine's Day? Mm, let's see. I'm going with I'm going out with Evan from Stock Market News. Sorry, he's taken. <laughs> Hello. Where y'all going? Where y'all going to dinner? I didn't get the hint, dude. I'm staying home by myself. Gary's taking him out to AMC. Oh, popcorn! I love that. I love that for dinner. Yeah, AMC and GM do game after that. <laughs> Can we take a moment to appreciate the meme that's pinned up there? <laughs> oh, God. I just had a look right now. Well, I feel um, bad for fifty cents. I, wait, why did fifty show up in that <laughs> halftime show? I did not get enough of that Eminem. I like no, the halftime no, show. Uh, in all seriousness, the halftime show was, was pretty nice. 50, like he's a whole dollar now. I just wish that they did Nikki instead of Mary J. Blige, but maybe that's just me. Did you see what 50 Cent put on his Instagram, though? No, uh, stop calling. No, I have a question. Stop calling him 50. He's a whole dollar now. <laughs> did, did, did you hear what 100 Cent put on his, uh, on his Instagram? <laughs> It's, uh, just look at it. It's the second to last photo now, but you're welcome to everyone sending you to a different app. But it's like the, it's hard to explain the meme, but it's the guy with like all the veins popping on his head, like whatever. And then he flipped it upside down. He said 50 oh, waiting. Yeah, we're waiting for Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Like, okay, what's, <laughs> whose idea was to <laughs> be upside down again? Yeah, I don't know. That was a little bit, that was a little bit wild. Um, okay, uh, let's bring back in real quick. So I am getting some more alerts coming in. I've got a short Cisco alert that came in and a JPM long. So I'm trying to look. Yeah, it looks like on JPM, is this one around 1032? Yeah, it looks like a little whale came in. It is a block trade, but they did buy $165 million worth of calls. Uh, but they're they're expiring pretty far out. I don't know. I'm getting alerted on this. It looks like these are leaps and stuff. Uh, okay, let's take a look at Finviz. Evan, I hate that Finviz is so delayed always, though. 
It's like a good like general idea, but it's so delayed. Well, You're looking you for the premium and... service. That's yeah. what I get you. Yeah. You look at the SEO yeah, down nineteen percent. One day intraday drop. Yeah, I. I bro, have a fear it's gonna keep yeah. falling. If we're being honest, this here. stock was bro, like three. Like, I don't have. Have... This stock was almost four hundred bucks. Remember, and and with even if we do with love this stock, yeah, right? I don't have support. Yeah. Yeah. Gone. I don't have support until one hundred nine. One hundred nine. Is where I have support. No, and on. Even, that's another even twenty dollars. Even with that, right? Like this has so much selling pressure. Right? This is a falling knife. Like even if you paid me, I would still not buy it. Yeah, this is a it's a bit of a, a a massacre, and it's kind of been mirrored across a lot. But I think one of the problems that you have with SE is that international problem where stuff like today ends up happening and. They don't quite have the same problems that you see out of China stock because I believe they're based out of, is it Singapore? Yeah, I mean, something close, but I think a Chinese company has a big stake in them, correct? I think Tencent or Ibaba. Tencent owns like a big stake in everything. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's like hard to like point out a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, you both. Can you zoom out in the chat and look at what happened on 27th of January? It bounced back from 128, 28, right? 27th of January of 2021. Yep. Did you see that on the uh, chart for SE? Yeah. It's the same level right now. It's definitely under where it was on January, no? Uh, yeah, Jan yeah, 27th, right? No, it's much lower than it was. That was at 206. No, 128, 28. On C Limited? Yeah, SC. January 27th, 2021? No, 2022. 2022. Yes, okay, okay. I thought you were so going the, back. Yes, yes. No, no, it is last the same month, month, last month. Yep, it bounced back off that too. So if it says calls might play very, really handsomely, right? Because the calls are destroyed for the week. So why would. So are you saying calls right here on SC? If it holds and bounces back, and if it holds till the end of the day, we might see 135 tomorrow just because of this. So, if you would do gamble and take a hazard trade, this might have good odds in your favor. Right. You, you have to get that move, though, because IV right now is 140%. And again, right, I think this isn't terrible for this name, because I have seen IV all the way to 250 or 260 for this name. Under 150, like, I'm seeing 132, so that's not terrible for this name. I'm not going to lie. But the puts, right? The puts are not that high, though, right? Even though stocks are stocks down 20%, puts are only about 1,000%. So... Like, this is a big mover. Don't, right? so, don't yeah. do it, Gary. What's up? What's up, TSR? Don't do it, Gary. DSDR, what's up, Waterman? <clears throat> SE is going to make new lows soon. So what's the old them low? This is my Do we go lower than that? SE's dying here, guys. SE. No. And Myrna. No, all them low SE's 10 bucks. The SPAC floor. I mean, this wasn't the SPAC, but I'm going to call this a SPAC because of the stock. <laughs> how it started, so. No, I, 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 I think SE's in the, some trouble. Yeah, I want the SPAC now for SE. I could very easily see this back at at where it began its move uh, at about 
six sixty bucks. I, I'm calling. I, I think it'll have to see another fifty percent drop from here. Yep. Gerg's making a bold statement to possibly long it. I'm going to make a very bold statement that it's going to drop another fifty percent. No, I'm yes, saying, what do you like I'm in saying here? if you want to gamble on calls, but SE, I would never go along this name until unless it's this. Um, I'm not. Life. But for a week, I'm not liking anything. Back, oh, yeah, you go on. Oh no, I was just answering Wolf. Uh, I'm I'm very likely done for the day. I took uh, I've taken two trades so far. I took BNTX uh, 155 puts that are now up about 150 155%. Um, took it on the 2 minute ORB um, at about 16280. Um, that was that was a bold. I went pretty far out of the out of the money on this, um, but it, it it ended up paying off uh, really well. Um, I forgot about that mRNA news coming into the day. I just I just saw the the weakness on, on mRNA, BNTX, and NVAX, and uh, I, I decided to go for it. Oh, there it goes, SE, a nice little two dollar pop. Um, and then uh, then I took uh, Zillow for a day two earnings play. Uh, I entered at fifty six twenty. I entered the fifty eight dollar calls, and uh, and and those went um, they, those paid very handsomely. Uh, to quote Gerg. Um, so those are the two trades, t- trades that I took this morning. Other than that, I've got a trailing stop on my last, uh, two contracts of BNTX of about a, of a $1. Uh, so I'll, I'll see if, you know, how, how long it, it lets me stay in this. It'll likely see a little bit of a retracement, at least back to the 157, 158 range, I think. Um, other than that, I'm taking it easy. I'm, uh, I'm a little under the weather. Uh, so I'm, uh. Yeah, I'm happy I was able to make uh, some good money this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be away, but I'll, I'll sit here and listen to you guys as you guys talk. Thanks. Yo, whoa, look at SC. Did I call the exact bottom on this name? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. So, so far, uh, it, it was the bottom at one twenty-seven. Oh, you could have so. said that at you could have said that at nine forty-five, right? When it I went mean, up I, to nine fifty-five. Netflix breaking would would you say Big O? Netflix is breaking to the top side again. Tesla's going to be long as well. So if you're in it, drag them stops up, guys. No, Netflix. bro. Like, oh, this looks so you're long on Netflix right here? Calls on Tesla are always expensive. What's that? Or calls on SC. What were you saying, Gary? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, SC has been short for a The one calls What's that? $8 for a contract or? Yeah. No, 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 yeah, the well, eight, the, Tesla looking almost, good at that eight ninety level. I like that. Are you playing? Are you playing GE and Ford or the tape? I have, uh, I have GE and Ford, Ford, but I'm watching Tesla and Netflix. Do you have oh, plays yeah. on both? Yeah. So I know you had pointed out the Tesla calls to me a little earlier. Uh huh. Um, and Amazon so too. You, so I'm in. I'm in uh, Netflix, Amazon, Tesla, uh, SE short. And Myrna short starting to pull back up, so fixing to get stopped out of those. Still super bearish. What do you on on Netflix? What level are you in it? What level? Uh, consolidation break at three ninety six twenty five. Okay. I actually scalped it open uh, for the retest the pivot, then it broke retest back to the top side. I'm aiming for pivot high at four eleven, and uh, Tesla 
still bearish, still making higher lows. It's bullish currently, making higher highs, higher lows, breaking consolidation currently. Target on it is 902. Now, at any time, it can reverse. We know the market's crappy. So, still have to manage these trades. It's a good look on Tesla on the five-minute chart. I like that look. Mm -hmm. It's a classic, um, whatever you want to call it. I call it a flat-top breakout or ascending triangle look. We got one, two, three tests at that uh, eight or eight seventy nine ish level. Uh, yep. One, two, three tests, higher lows on the five minute. We got the EMAs curling up tight underneath the price, and then we see a, you know, a little bit of a blast blast through, um, through that price. It's a, a good move right there. Yeah, yeah, just a flat top break. Uh, like you said, it's a sending triangle. I just call it. A, I just call it a consolidation break. So every so every pattern. So I'm a price action trader. The only thing I use is a pivot study. So every pattern that i see is consolidation so cup and handle ascending pendant flags uh everything to me is a consolidation just a sideways movement so it just really simplifies it and on the top of this consolidation is a support resistance level right so when they break out to be really safe you can say i'm not going to take this until it retests this level so well, it was resistance is now a support level. It just gives you an extra layer of confidence. So Tesla's breaking out of that 880 range, currently trying to pull back and retest. So if it takes high day, at that point, you can add to it. But, you know, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, we've been in the trailer a bit earlier, so at this point, we just manage. Now, on the 60, uh, it broke out of a larger consolidation. Currently, trying to it could be a break retest the downside. So target's going to be 894 on this thing. Same with Amazon. If you look at Amazon on the 60, it's a break retest. Currently breaking above it. Probably see it pull back here shortly. We don't know. It's still got that huge gap down below. So, me, I don't do... I'm kind of different. I don't do any kind of pre-market. Don't care. I don't do any kind of after hours. Don't care. News, don't care. Algos, don't care. Just want to see what candles do. That's it. Candles and a pivot. That's all I need. I'm not against it by all means. Everything works if enough people use it. EMAs, VWAP, all that's great. But candles don't lie. They just don't lie. Really interesting stuff there. So, yeah, Tesla is inching upwards as we've been discussing it. And Netflix, Netflix. yeah, inch, inching as well. Um, SE did have a little bit more of a pullback. So it's up now about $3, I think, from the yeah. uh, lows of the day. Yep. So, so anybody in that, I would suggest uh, uh, putting their stop at one thirty two fifty. There is a level of resistance right there. It can start to cut back up, but uh, probably going to be a retracement, roughly 50% retracement before settling back down. So at this point, I would probably take profits on it and wait on the break a low day for re-entry. The thing about what we're doing is we have really tight stops because we enter on the breaks of resistance and more specifically the wick itself because the wick itself is more important than the open and the close. The reason being the open and close is held to time, whereas the wick is not. So the wick is fluid, right? And when that wick goes up or down, it's actually marking a hidden level of support resistance. And that's all there is. You know, so my entries come from that level. Now, I'll use the bodies to mark a strong resistance and support level, but I want my entry to be over that point. And 
the reason that's important, it gives you a precise entry, but if price decides to pull back when you break that level of support, um, that gives you a tight stop, right? Because if you break resistance for entry, that same resistance should act as support if price decides to pull back. But it doesn't, you just cut it, right? And if it breaks and retests support, as soon as it breaks prior high, or the prior candles high, you add to at that point. You want to add early in the trend. So I add to my winners. All right. And sometimes I'll phase out, but I want to add to my winners. I don't want to I don't want to scale out. So that's something else I do a little bit different. Kind of weird. I also use multi time frame analysis. I work from the month back. I want to see exactly where I don't want to dominate the conversation. But I want to I want to work from from higher to lower on any ticker. I want to see exactly where price is in relation to the overall trend. And I want to see, and by, and by looking lower and lower, I can see exactly, it's like looking through a microscope. I can see exactly where price is. And um, in basics, the market is either trending or resting. You know, there's accumulation, distribution, supply, demand, but really it's either trending or it's not. It's trending or it's resting. And it's in these, these phases of risk or consolidation is where we get these breakouts. And they're, of course, the higher time frame consolidation, the bigger break. If you look at D on the monthly, it's in a consolidation phase. It's failing to break currently, but when they break, they're massive. You know, look at Amazon. Amazon breaking consolidation. What's it doing? It's going straight up. It's just straight up. Tesla, same thing. Netflix. Why? Because they're breaking consolidation. SQ trying to break consolidation. Um, it made a new high. So just like Tesla did earlier, still making higher lows on the 15th, so bullish. So it comes back, and on that breakout, it should become resistance. And the rules change after 1032 because volume, momentum, and falsehood died down. Right? There's a lot of false traps out there, a lot of bull and bear traps. But, um, you know, it's Amazon's going to be longer add to it. But same with NVIDIA, uh, Tesla. The, the whole market's breaking out here. Don't mean we're not in trouble still. We are. Right? But um, another thing I do is I always keep VIX up. You know, VIX a fear index. It also it also leads the market just a few seconds. So if you see it start to spike, you can react to it. Just like, you know, option flow, you know there's a, actually a few second delay. There's a lag in there. So, you know, when you're scalping, you can use that to your advantage. Just the same way if you use... There's a way that you can use um, a large spread to your advantage. At the open, when I'm scalping for the first 15 minutes a day, I may be in a trade for a little three seconds. And I'll use that spread. So as soon as I enter, actually where I enter exactly, the spread is its tightest. So on Amazon, the spread can be as little as 50 cents, believe it or not. So as soon as I hop in, I'll set a limit order. All right. And as soon as I, as soon as I enter, almost instantly I get sold out. And I'm catching two, three hundred dollars extra contract just by selling the ass. It's in, it's incredible, man. So any way that you can you can use this market and take these tips and tricks and use it to your advantage, it's just it's just wonderful, man. You know, because their job is to take money away from us, and our job is to take money away from them. So we have to use anything that we can to do that. But yeah, it it is a good point. Is that it's you know that zero-sum game, right, where, like, somebody's winning and somebody's losing. So you really do have to pay attention. Yeah, everything. Like, you know, that's the enemy. And we have to know everything about everything. You know, the options and, you know, the way price moves. And, uh, I mean, everything. Gamma, IV, Delta. I mean, everything. you gotta, you got to be a master in everything, really, you know. You, you look at it like 90% of traders fail. 
and there's only you know 10 percent of that that actually make money and successful so you know i took it as a personal challenge man and and i learned as much as i possibly could i learned the garbage i learned the fluff and you know and i've taken all that stuff and i and i put it into a strategy that works very consistently with with huge huge moves and and um you know i tried to cut all the noise out so it just makes it just much easier because right? there's so much and when you're a new trader and you're out there man there's so much stuff just thrown at you and really and really when you boil when it boils down to it you know if 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 a candle's breaking every time it breaks high day it's long and, and it's raw it's in its raw form if it breaks low a day it's short you know and that's just like when a, a trend is just higher highs and higher lows and, and a downtrend is lower lows and lower highs. And it sounds so basic, but we learn that's, you know, one of the first things we learned is candles and, and trend, but we get overloaded and we forget the basics. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy, but you have to go back to the basics. That's all that matters at the end of the day. You know, which way is price moving? Which way is consolidation breaking? You know, I don't care which way it breaks. I'm going to go that way. And how do you determine when it breaks or goes one way? What's your main indicators? Okay. So I want to see, first, I want to see exactly where price is in relation to the trend. So I'll go the month. And like I'm looking at AC right now, it's inside month, major downtrend. Uh, also see pivot at around 195. So I'm looking at retail. It's making, it's making lower highs. Major downtrend is retracing a huge green candle. Right. I like reversals on large green candles because in that large green candle on the lower time frame, there's a bunch of smaller green candles, which means that's a lot of stops stacked in there really tightly. So when candle goes back through there, it runs those stops. It makes that the current candle even larger. So we look at Netflix right now. If you look at the 1560, the reason it's moving up so fast, just like Amazon's, we're tracing a huge red candle. So we're running those stops. And, you know, for shorts to cover, they got to buy. You know, they got to sell to close. So it pushes our candle up even, even faster. But uh, I'm just looking for consolidation. So just a sideways movement. So a consolidation, nothing more than a sideways movement. I'm just looking for the break. It's got to take the highest wick in that consolidation. Now, if it's before 1030, you can take it instantly as soon as it breaks it. If it's after 1030, you want to, you got a couple of different rules. First, you want to see volume lead the break. Then you want the counter to close above that consolidation. Thirdly, if you want to be really safe, you went on to break and retest. So what's resistance is now support level. All right. And at that point, as soon as it breaks prior high day, because there'll be a high day on that candle that closed, it'll be long instantly. All right. Because now you've got confirmation. Now you have a floor and now you have a really tight stop. So it just gives you, you know, support floors and a roof. All right. So if you have a floor, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to fall back through it. And if you do, you cut it instantly. You kind of instantly, but you know, in this market, reversals is king. There's you look at all the markets, I mean, there's they're they're just beat up, man. They're absolutely just destroyed. Of course, there's always something that's going to trim natural buyers or sellers, but it's not the norm. It's just not the norm. So, Appreciate the uh, in depth explanation there. You're welcome, sir. I don't mean to dominate anything, I promise. I don't know. You're, you're good. On I'm asking, and, and I appreciate you answering. So, thank you for coming on. If anybody hasn't checked out what uh, Ozone Trading is doing just yet, I recommend clicking in, checking out, and uh, chatting a good amount with him. I appreciate you very much today. Very thoughtful and kind. I appreciate the invite.
Thank you for coming on. And, and same thing to the rest of our speakers as well. Great panel that's been up here today, and y'all have had the chance to hear from any of them. You know, SoFlo, PB, Matt, TSDR, as well as Big O have been joining us for the last almost two hours and just incredible information. They placed a lot of great trades too. I mean, the callouts have been fantastic today. Uh, whether, you know, you go back to right when we opened, a lot of stuff that we were looking at, you know, Tesla and Nike and others uh, that are up, the shorts, Myrna, SE, and others that were called that were down. There's some stuff that's still floating in the middle. Uh, there's just been a lot of really good stuff overall. So if you haven't had a chance yet to click into each of the speakers and not to check out what they're doing, see a little bit of their stories and follow them so you're seeing their content on your timelines, highly recommend doing so. And then if you're enjoying Spaces, myself and my co-host will be on for probably 30 plus hours this week. So we'll be delivering a ton of content and hopefully you have a chance to tune in and check it out. We just want to make sure that as many people as possible are being able to access a free education on here. All right, so we've been running for about an hour and a half, a little bit over. Um, we've gone through a lot of different trades. I think it might slow down a little bit for lunchtime. Evan, are there any other topics that you would like to hit on? I know we didn't really do a full macro session today uh, without Peter. Um, you know, I think we're chilling. I think we got a good coverage on it. You know, uh, we, we still got, I know, a bunch of macro events we could talk about at different times in the future on this space. We got a bunch of earnings since we touched on a little bit. Uh, I, I'm really good for whatever here. As you said, we're going to literally be live 30, 40 hours this week. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about all the separate topics across. So uh, I'm really good to go with the flow and whatever you think is right. Cool. Whatever so God thinks is right, I think is the best. I appreciate it. So, okay. Uh, so right now, since we're coming into 11, um, I'm down to probably hit, uh, you know, just so we have an extended time for, you know, wrap ups plus whatever else everyone's looking at, plus, you know, just any other opportunity if that works for you. Cool. Okay. So we'll go around. Um, just want to hear from everybody else. Let's maybe drop like two, three stocks that you are going to be watching for the rest of the day just to know whether those will be long or short, um, just how you're paying attention to them, plus anything else that you want to put in there, any other comments, you know, anything like that. So. Let's start out with yourself, PB. Hey, hey. Um, so right now I'm watching Spy, and I don't know if I'm going to be long or short yet because I'm going to wait for the Fed decision and probably the whatever re, um, way it reacts, I'm just going to play based off of that because I just feel like it's going to be a strong move to either side. And then I'm also going to be watching QCOM, same thing with that. And I'm watching Moderna. Sh- I'm watching Moderna short right now just for like a little scalp to short this bounce, but I have a tight stop on that one. And yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for having me and um, everyone be careful out there today because it's going to be a very volatile day and uh, strong moves going to be coming. So have some stop losses and trade what you see. Perfect. Appreciate you being on, PB. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. All right, SoFlo? Yeah, firstly, thank you for hosting this, man. This was a it's a great space. Um, I did want to note a few things. So, number one, um, I you know I I have scalped and I do sometimes, but personally, you know, my style is to buy and hold things at least for you know a couple of hours or so. Um, one thing we saw today with Nike is that it did push higher, and uh, you know I did actually sell at about an eighteen percent gain. Does can this continue going up? Yes, it can, but. Considering the market sentiment right now, 
Um, you could even see QQQ spy the VIX. They are literally moving sideways. And one thing that you guys need to know is that whenever you see this sideways movement, there's different types of accumulation building up for a bigger move. Um, so as of right now, I'm going to be watching the indexes break out of this current range box uh, towards the end of the day. Um, I do want to be very, I'm not, like I said, it's more of a risk off environment with the VIX coasting right at 30, uh, which is why I'm not going very aggressive with the trades. But some things I will be watching, obviously, is MU. I've been trading MU last week. It had an absolute monster of a week last week, uh, but it is consolidating at these um, over 90. So over this 91, MU is, is still looking strong. If we do have semis pick up some steam, I think MU is a big runner. Uh, it has been going very, very strong for the past two weeks. And um, besides that, I, I will still continue to watch Nike as it is green in a pool of red. So one thing that looks good is that the fact that, you know, it hasn't sold off dramatically with, with tech or anything like that. It's a different sector. It moves very differently. Uh, and it's a lot slower as well. So Nike's not a big mover. It, you know, during these times, I like to pick more, uh, I guess, stocks that move a little slower just because I don't want to, you know, be gambling on fast-moving tech stocks during the current, you know, seeing the VIX as it is at the moment. So definitely need to adjust with every time the market changes. I'm looking for more buy-and-hold opportunities. And on top of that, Datadog is looking a little interesting uh, it's been holding a downtrend, so I'm looking to see if it rejects 168 and continues to fall back down to 161. Otherwise, a breakout for D-Dog would be above 169. But yeah, besides that, I hope you guys had a great day. Nike was a you know pretty decent trade with about 19%. And yeah, I hope you guys have a great day. Take care. Awesome. Thank you, Soflo, and appreciate the detail within that answer there. Okay, TSDR, anything you want to leave us with? Uh, yeah, I was just um, finding the awesome Bullish Rippers post uh, about the uh, earnings schedule for this upcoming week, um, and I wanted to briefly talk about that. I don't play any stocks going into earnings, uh, but they're my favorite setups uh, to play the day following their earnings report. Um, I primarily look, look for two setups. Uh, one of them is an opening range breakout or breakdown, uh, depending on the you know the the stock's response. Um, if you want to look at that, you can go into go into my page and see some examples. I I, I post charts uh, very frequently, um, and then the second one is a nine EMA pullback. Uh, Zillow on Friday was a beautiful example of a nine EMA pullback. Um, it's extended. Uh, it, it opens up the day, gets a little bit of a push, needs a little bit of a pullback to see where, where buyers are. And uh, you can see on the five-minute chart of Zillow that it bounced uh, to the penny off of the 9 EMA. Just gave it a nice little kiss. So that's one of my favorite uh, earning setups uh, is a 9 EMA pullback. If a stock is going to be strong uh, and trend uh, for majority of majority of the day, uh, it'll hold its first pullback into the nine EMA. So that's something that I, that I really look for, as well as as the ORB. So this week there's going to be um, a whole bunch of, of opportunities uh, to 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 do those trades. Um, it's it's probably going to be pretty difficult because there's going to be so many uh, good earnings plays uh, the day following, especially on you know Wednesday and Thursday. 
Um, tomorrow will be a little bit different. There's not too many stocks that I like to trade that are reporting earnings. Uh, today, we've got Avis, uh, Advanced Auto Parts. Uh, that's about it. But Tuesday, so the, the Wednesday's trading day will be really awesome with, with Roblox, Upstart, Airbnb, Zoetis, uh, Marriott, uh, Solar Edge, Wynn, Viacom, Devon Energy, uh, and so on. And then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I mean, there's going to be a lot of earnings plays. So if you want to look at some of my my uh, day one earnings setups, you can go uh, check out uh, some of the charts that I've posted on Twitter. And, um, and yeah, if you have any more specific questions about how to trade a day following the earnings, send me a DM. I'd glad to send you uh, my, my library of, of charts uh, with, with levels drawn out where, where uh, potential entries are, where potential exits are, uh, how to manage risk in, in, the, in these trades. Uh, it's something I love talking about. This is my, my bread and butter of, of trading, uh, usually in this heart of earnings season, um, is of these you know really volatile growth stocks uh, is when I uh, try to make the, the bulk of the money for the, for the quarter. So uh, I'm, I'm re- really excited for this week. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yep, pleasure having you up here. Thank you for coming on. Uh, all right, Big O, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect. Any closing remarks or stocks you want to leave us with? Uh, yes, sir. Let me take a look right quick. Um, let me clear the screen out here. Yeah, so Netflix is almost a target. Uh, let me see. ATTS is consolidated. Still making higher lows. We need to look for a break of $52 on that thing. Um what else is making a move here? Tesla still continue to make higher highs, but the thing is, um, if you want to see Tesla, if it can break, if it can bounce off of 894, we can see it go back down to lower day. Still, it's pushing up now, but it can, we can see a retest on that. Um, Mernus kind of consolidating along with Novax. Adobe, same thing, consolidating near the base. If it breaks the day's low, this thing can actually drop out of the sky. So we're looking at $10, $20 move on that thing. Uh, let's see. That's pretty much it. Uh, spies continue to make lower highs, lower lows, but it's so choppy. Just avoid it. Just avoid it at all costs. And then we have turnaround Tuesday tomorrow. So if you're you know, thinking about taking anything tomorrow, remember the market can completely reverse. And, and as far as that goes, the market can reverse five to ten times a day. It's just not set up for holding something all day. So if you're going to hold something, make sure you have a hard stop in place. It's a must-have. It's a must-have. So so keep an eye on Tesla. Uh, it could bounce off of 894 and go back to the downside. Charles Schwab, uh, it can continue to drop here. Um, so, yeah, so... Myrna, Tesla, uh, Facebook, if it can break lower data, it can continue lower. Um, and then APPS. So APPS is consolidate, making higher lows. If it breaks high day, it can go long. And the target would be uh, $53. So that's about it. Just be careful out there. Market's still cra- – I mean, some stuff's moving, but it's super crazy out there. Perfect. Appreciate it, Big O. Thanks for being on. You're welcome, sir. I appreciate you. Okay. Good day. You Thank too. You. All right, Matt. By the way, I heard you chime in a second ago, TSDR, and want to say good morning to you, brother. That's good to hear your voice. Uh, and so flow, nice analysis, everybody. And by the way, follow on the all the all the people here on this panel. 
this amazing team. We get together every Monday morning and we'll financial, of course, you know, you guys give those give give God a follow. He's amazing. Evan, you know, bull strippers, PB, uh, you know, all the people on the team, um, big O moves that became acquainted the other day. You guys are awesome. I, I love me and y'all in the mornings, talking trades, talking stocks, talking market. This is a great source. And, um, so, you know, appreciate you guys having me, everyone give these guys a follow. Um, so my final looks, right? We've been eyeballing Tesla. Tesla's the one thing that actually broke out to the bull side. We kind of have this interesting squeeze going on. 400 was really solid uh, support on Tesla, and we broke through. And 410 is kind of my upper, like liquidity pocket, what we call them, where there's a bull and bear collaboration, I guess, between positions. And so Tesla's kind of the only thing today that looks really good, and I think the extent of the runs probably happen. Equities markets are kind of jumbled all over the place. The S and P has stocks. Uh, gapping and fall, falling back and closing their gaps. The Nasdaq stocks have gapped down and rallied. So things like, you know, did I say, sorry, did I say Tesla? I meant to say Netflix. Forget everything I said about Tesla and let's talk about Netflix. Netflix at 410. I don't even know what Tesla is doing. Sorry about that. I stare at one thing and say the other, but Tesla 890, that was my other one. So Netflix is the one at 410. Tesla is the one that broke to 890. So both of those breakouts were kind of the two we were looking for today. Um, I think I posted a chart about both of them. If I didn't, I'll double check and, and follow up with it. But you said the Nasdaq is looking pretty strong. We're squeezing some mega cap. Um, and the S&P is still looking weak. So it, it's kind of just a little bit of pre-earnings sector rotating. We have you know major earnings NVIDIA. That's kind of the one that I really am caring about. And I think once we get through that, which is going to be Wednesday after market, we're going to start seeing the market maybe stabilize. And I, I do have... Uh, a theory that we don't find lower lows on the next couple of uh, weeks. But if we do, then it just gets worse from there. If we just hit a nice little W-shaped bottom, which I think we'll get, or even, you know, squeezing before NVIDIA earnings. And as long as after we pass through that, there's really no more bad catalyst I can see coming through the door. I really do think we've, you know, the bond markets reveal that we've priced in a 50 basis point hike already. Uh, and, you know, as, as people are starting, as yields are starting to kind of uh, go up, and people are starting to rotate into that. And we're kind of seeing a little bit of that the last couple of days. So this is kind of that stabilization point where fixed income is now competitive with inflation. And now we're going to see if anybody wants to get out of the equities market, they already did it last couple of days. So um, what we're going to look for now is markets breaking on short squeezes, going to the upside, any uh, Russell, S&P, NASDAQ start moving. Um, the Russell's been looking good lately. I think seeing people... Um, more eager, right? Russell's been rallying since about the end of January, or at least squeezing. And seeing people, you know, more aptly ready to take risk in small caps is all you need to know about the risk appetite of the market. And again, we always talk about the commitment of traders. We look at that daily point every Monday. Um, we look for positional risk in general, the entire uh, asset manager pool and, and the commodity pools and hedge funds and market makers. And right now, and in the last couple of weeks, we've been seeing people covering faster than they're selling. Market is very, 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 very comfortable right here, very liquid, and the shorts are more scared than the longs. The Russell is all the telltale sign I need to know that the market is a very healthy appetite for equities risk and very little appetite for bond yields at this point. So with, with, you can't go to cash. You can't go to treasuries. Um, equities are it. And so I think that we're seeing uh, a, a lot of promise for the next week or two. So I'm very, still very bullish uh, in the next couple of years. And as long as you don't find lower lows in two weeks, I think that's the starting point for the best rally we've seen in our lifetime. Exciting way to leave it off there.
looking forward to seeing what happens, but not forcing trades in the meantime, which I think is important for the audience. There was a lot of stuff put out there today, but even if you placed zero trades today, I still think you did yourself a service by just being here and listening and trying to understand why people are doing it. That's why I try to dig into some of the trades that people were talking about and saying, okay, well, what's your process behind this? How are you actually learning about it? There's no pressure to actually place a single trade today. Um, if you're forcing things, there shouldn't be a need. What you're trying to get to is being at a place where from your own conviction and processes, you can decide to place a trade. Because the problem is if you place it based off what someone says just on here, you're not going to know when to sell. And if you have no idea what to sell, that's a much harder play, part of the trade. And that's how you're going to end up losing money because they might have scalped it immediately right when they got up. And then who knows what happened next. But I think it's actually perfect timing. Uh, we were about to close up, but we have Peter here so we can do macro. <laughs> And then we'll uh, and then we'll go from there. So Peter, what's going hey on? Hey guys, how's everybody doing? I'm so sorry. Hey Peter. Hi guys, what's up, Matt and the crew? Stock market news, bullish, and the guys. It's good to see you and the ladies. Welcome everybody. Hi Jessica, um, and Fintwit. I am uh, I'm a little bit baffled. You know the market. I've been watching the market over the weekends, and I've been watching, you know, what's really going on, and I'm I'm seeing what. what, what I, look, this is what I think we're seeing here. I think we're seeing the market finally engage the reality of the interest rate uh, raises and the taper. And, uh, and you know, look, whether it's being spurred on by the Ukraine story and all not, let's look at what happened last week, right? Last week, the market was sort of desperately trying to get, the bulls were trying to get a little bit of a handle a couple mornings in a row, and they kind of got blasted. You know, they got blasted by the uh, Federal Reserve coming out and Bullard saying they were looking, I don't know, somebody told me they, that he had thrown... Uh, tossed the, uh, the uh, one point uh, raise in there. I had heard 50, 50 basis points. I didn't hear the one point. But, you know, I mean, I actually think it's a great idea. But, you know, look, I'm a firm believer that markets can adapt to anything. They don't like anxiety. They don't like unknowns. And so they will handle whatever we throw at them. Right. I think there's enough of a bid in the marketplace. If everyone knows what that is, I'm sure you all do. You guys are veterans. Um, you know, we've seen, look, we've seen over months and months and months and months. I don't think anybody should be surprised at what's happening here. This has been on the friggin' menu for months, guys. We talked about it last Monday, right? It's not, you know, it's like you go to your favorite restaurant. This thing has been, it hasn't been hiding on the menu. It's been out in the open. And, you know, we know, look, when we look at the Trump, the Trump thing, shit that happens out in the open sometimes is a great way to hide things in a funny way. If you talk about it and it's out there, how come... Anybody is at all surprised that we're going to have five or six interest rate raises next year and we're going to have the taper. We know that's all happening. And the story about the Ukraine and we, the, the, the inflation story. I mean, we knew it was at 7.2 percent. Why is 7.5 percent such a big deal? But it's so funny when we see it in our face and they pound us about it and we finally have this little bit of a perfect storm, you know, with the reality coming to bear, you know, look, I think everyone's been in a bit of denial. I mean, that's my only interpretation of why the market hasn't reacted this uh, sooner. The market is now, look, I, I, and I also talk about this a lot, when, relative to earnings and relative to guidance and relative, look, this is not your grandfather's stock market. So we know that things don't respond the same way, people don't respond the same way and whatnot, but the market doesn't respond the same way. We've got earnings come out, they're great. Stock goes down, you know, 8%. Earnings come out, they're poor with poor guidance, it goes up 30, $30. 
you know, uh, uh, the interest rate uh, announcement, the first Fed one was six weeks ago, eight weeks ago. You know, they came out and they said, we're, we're, we're going to not this past one. You know, uh, uh, Powell said we're not going to, you know, we're keeping rates the same. No surprise, market rallied a thousand points. And then as he had his narrative over the next hour and a half during the news conference, you know, he talked his way into a bearish market. So the interest rate raises, whether there's two, four, six, shouldn't be a surprise. The effect on the marketplace is historically is obviously a bearish one. Whether we're willing to accept that now, it seems like the market is doing that on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, this is a fight between the bulls and the bears. You know, who's selling, who's buying? We saw that week. We discussed it. I talked about it over and over and over again. Those days that we saw that crazy, you know, blood in the streets Monday morning down 1,200 points, and then we saw the reversal. That was a week that was extraordinary. And I talked about it last Monday with you guys. That was a week of reversals that I'd never seen. You know, look, we had a really rough January. We came in, we saw that crazy week of reversals. That was trillion dollars in outflows, trillion dollars in inflows. Was it the retailers selling it and the smart money buying it, or whether it was the 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 uh, um, uh, you know the big hedge funds uh, selling it and the retailers buying it? Was it a crypto margin call? Who the heck knows what it was? But now we're seeing more on a more basis. We're seeing reversals once again. We come in, look, overnight market was down 0.71%. By mornings, by morning open, we were kind of flat. We opened up and we went, we opened and, and, and we started to break down again. Tech is getting hit again. Some of the names are are acting really, really poorly. You know, obviously, I don't think anybody could have predicted the move in Facebook and some of the other names that got hit kind of hard. You know, look, we're seeing an overreaction. This is like overreaction on steroids. Look at the madness that happened last week in a firm, right? They, Everyone was buying it into an anticipated earnings. Everyone thought, oh my God, they must know something. It was like a, a flashback to the to, to uh, trading places. Wow, they're cornering the orange juice market. Let's go buy a firm. They bought the crap out of a firm. They then suddenly out of nowhere, they released shitty earnings, uh, uh, an early release, a fat finger button push in the middle of the day and the stock went down, you know, it got eviscerated. So whatever's happening, the reactions are overreactions, right? And is that a function of lack of liquidity? Is that a function of, of, of you know, big players in the game that when they're hitting the button, they just want to get out or they want to get in, right? I mean, this that's kind of what it feels like, right? That, you know, people are, look, I saw, I engaged a small hedge fund uh, not a small hedge fund, a big hedge fund, to discuss how they handled 2020. And there were a number of people who really spent 2020, you know, with blood in the streets. They did not, they were not able to pivot when COVID hit and they got, you know, they got stuck in a lot of positions, took them a year to, you know, it only took the market three months to get back to even, but it took them a while to get their stocks back. And there was one fund that I spoke to that said, you know what, we kind of got a sense of this coming. We decided March, April, May, we're going to pivot get out of the under get out of the stocks that we're not going to survive a pandemic and get into the names you know like the the Myrnas and the and the uh, zooms and the you know and the docu signs they got into all those and they did well you know my it, my gut is that the people who are flinging around big money and a lot of people made a lot of money in the last two years a lot of people blew up their accounts no question about it that when when these guys are getting in and getting out they're just they're they're, they're heavy fingered sellers heavy fingered buyers. These reversals are extraordinary. You know, I, I mean, am I concerned by the, the breakdown in the market, you know, that we're seeing here today? And we saw it last week, you know, 
are, are, am I am I am I projecting that that Bullard statement about you know guys look we're not gonna we're not gonna slow boat this uh, interest if we're gonna have five six or seven interest rate raises next year we're gonna have to do a bit of a shock and awe in March and we're gonna do a fifty basis point or we may even throw it a one big pointer at you and in my opinion it's like ripping off the bandaid I think I I would rather see the market handle that deal with it have a little bit of pain and then just come out of it because I believe there is a big bid in the marketplace. I believe there is some cash on the sidelines. I think the market can handle it. It adapts to virtually anything. So look, uh, you know what? The reality is setting in. We got to come out of denial, right? Denial is nothing more than the river in, in Egypt, right? And we've got to deal with what's going on going forward. Everyone's got to position themselves. Once again, this kind of volatility is if nothing but an opportunity. If you know technical analysis, if you guys are trading this market, please don't make your opinions based on opinion, right? Don't trade the market based on opinion because you can be, you're not going to be wrong for a dollar. Like this is not your grandfather's stock market. When you're wrong, if you buy stock anticipatorily of earnings on Fed renouncements or anything, you're not wrong for a dollar, you're wrong for $50. And I don't know that many people who can handle a wrong for 50 bucks. If you're a long-term investor, you should have a shopping list ready for when stocks that you like. A lot of these stories haven't changed, yet these stocks are trading at 52-week lows. So if you like the story long-term, you should be. But you should start with your smallest increment. That should be your first entry point, should be your smallest increment, and start putting together a beautiful portfolio for the future. Historically, markets do nothing but go up. These crashes, these consolidations, these rotations, these crises have been more of a buying opportunity net net historically. Uh, right. And if you're a trader, please use technical analysis. Use stop orders. One of the greatest gifts the stock market ever gave us, because, as I said, you're not going to be wrong for a dollar. You're going to be wrong for fifty dollars. And I hate to see people blow up their accounts. Well said, Peter. Evan, any comments on that? <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. In general, I, I thought the biggest things that stood out to me, or at least what, what I focused on there, uh, you know, areas that I can actually comment on. But uh, talking about the Affirm earnings, I did definitely think that was one of the crazier things I've seen by accidentally leaking out some numbers on um, uh, through their Twitter page and then uh, releasing the full report around 3 p.m. Is that something we've ever seen before? A company like releasing their numbers by accident and then having or releasing some metrics from their earnings report by accident and then releasing the full report? Have we ever seen something like that before? You know, we actually have. And I don't think it's by accident, to be perfectly honest. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but how can that, you know, these in a market like this with, 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 with you know, uh, with such significant information to happen by accident? Come on, guys, let's let's be honest. Whoever's in charge of their Twitter account has got to be a super adept social media person. So I don't know, you know, look, that 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 that. that whether it was a fat finger, whether it was a bad a bad idea, whether someone else leaked the information, you know that was a that was a shit show. And I'm sorry about for my language, but I have seen it before. Fortunately, it's only been a you know a sprinkling of these events that happen like that, you know, over time because it's horrendous. It disadvantages everybody, right? But I, I think it's important to note. Look, it's like. It's like, you know, everybody thinks that, you know, look, they love to follow the big money. They love to follow the whales. And when they see a stock, uh, we saw it last week a couple of times with, 
whether it's Google or even uh, look or, or yeah, even Facebook. I mean, you got Kramer recommending Facebook and, and, and a couple other and, and, and PayPal, you know, uh, three days before the stock went down 100 freaking dollars, guys. You know, when you see a stock trading up 100 points on the day in anticipation of a after the close release of earnings and then the earnings are bad and the stock goes down, it's like like you're wondering, like, who, who, who's buying? You know, who I guess who's selling after the, the post. But I'm just I'm wondering. I wonder about stuff like that. And you know what? It, it, it's happened before, Evan. It will happen again. It's a shit show. It disadvantages absolutely everybody. Did some people make a bunch of money on that? Sure. If they were nimble and they were really adept with their hands, then they had diamond hands that day. Yes. I would guarantee you a lot more people were disadvantaged. I know that we did our Q&A on the Wall Street Global Trading Academy on that Thursday night. And I know a lot of people started buying the affirmed down right? $5 and $10. And then it went down another and the bottom fell out of the bottom. And a lot of people blew up their accounts. We had six or seven people in the room on the Q&A going, oh, it looked, it hit a pivot point. I bought it. It looked like a great setup, but the RSI was not ready yet. You know, when you're trading with technical analysis, you've got to follow all the criteria. You cannot pick one criteria, let it hit there, thinking it's support, especially when there's news out like that. So yes, Evan, it's happened before. It disadvantages everyone. And I don't really know, you know, who did what to who on that one. But a lot of people got screwed. Yeah, one other comment in there. I think for a while you were talking about this is a little unrelated to that one. You talk a, a lot about how like the market really can digest one thing at once pretty easily, one headwind. But once we get to two or three is when we start to see troubles. And I think we're starting to see that in this market and, and the chop we've been seeing after the last little bit that it's not necessarily like what the events are it's that there are two or three things that the market has to digest so uh, um definitely a, another thing that you know i think of you when i when i think of that point as well and, and coming from you 100 percent, evan look we we saw it happen in the fall the supply chain story it was the biggest story ever the market handled it we did have a little bit of a fast and furious sell-off but it, it bounced back pretty fast then the um uh, the inflation story, right? And that original transitory story. You know what? We had sold off on it and then we bounced back pretty hard. But yes, I, I always talk about it. It's a cross current uh, and I call it the perfect storm, you know, and it can be catalyzed. That last week's sell off was like, was it catalyzed by the margin call, catalyzed by the Ukraine deal, catalyzed by energy, catalyzed by a perfect storm of all these cross currents? I think it is. And the market will adapt to even these perfect storms, but it's a lot harder to come back as quick as we have from one story as it is from four, for sure. Peter, uh, for this week ahead with earnings, we have NVIDIA and a couple of others, uh, which largely affect, you know, some massive sectors, semiconductors, and there's a largely a trickle down effect. If this week if we have another week where some of these large cap reports some great earnings like we saw from, you know, Disney and Google, uh, Amazon, so forth. Would that give you a lot of hope towards a bit of, you know, a start to recovery for some of the rest of tech? You know what? Absolutely not. I think it's still you've still got the headwinds of the sector, per se, individual stocks, perhaps. But, you know, look, at look, we're, 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 we're still seeing crazy volatility. Look what happened with Google. Earnings were great. And then they announced the um, the the split. Uh, was it what, who announced the big split? Was it Google? Was who announced the big split? Yeah, it was. Google. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, and the stock ran up three, four hundred dollars. It was crazy. And then it's done nothing but go down since then. 
you know what? I, I am not I, I, I'm not a firm believer in the earnings numbers. And I'm not. Look, I think that they've lowered their their expectations enough, begging and hoping that everything was going to be good. Obviously, NVIDIA is a big name and it's a big uh, best of breed in the space. And it does take the sector up and the sector down no matter which way it reacts. I don't guarantee I, I can't guarantee you, though. Uh, Gab, that you know, if they if they blow out the earnings, whether the stock is going to respond favorably, because we've seen. Did he just get rugged? Yeah, I heard the cutout too. Yeah, I can hear him. He'll probably come back. Did in I like five seconds? Yeah, uh, I, did you hear what I said? I got cut up. Okay, uh, no, I, I so I, I said they they are the best in breed in so many ways, and I'm not sure whether you know a good earnings response, a good earnings report will necessarily uh, uh, translate into a good uh, price action. So, and I think that, you know, tech is clearly, uh, you know, it was, it was the catalyst to take this market up. It seems like it's the one that's breaking it down in so many ways. There are a lot of headwinds. As I saw, we saw with the Google, you know, it rallied hard on the split news and whatnot, and it's gone nothing but downhill. Obviously, Facebook is way heavy on the market. So, you know what, I really, I mean, I don't know is the best answer I got for you on that question. Okay. Yeah, that totally, uh, totally is fair. It's a bit of a wacky scene with what else is going on in the market. Uh, one other question for you, Peter, and then I'll, I'll just see if it, you know, anybody else on the panel, Evan or others have. So, you know, some of these, some, some of tech is just continuing. Uh, it seems to plummet. We got a slew of new 52 week lows today and other things. Uh, now that we're below, you know, 200-day moving averages in many of these, below anchor view apps and other things, what type of indicators do you look for when you're trading them to potentially look for reversals? You talking to me? Yeah, yeah, on the floor. If Or, or are they just completely staying away from the weakness in the market? You know what? It, it's really kind of hard. Everybody has different kind of customers. You know, and there are a lot of uh, big institutional buying down here on the floor. They're sitting around with their shopping lists and they are, are long, long term uh, uh, sort of guidance in their posturing. And so, look, you know, on any given day, it's all about trying to beat the VWAP and, you know, do better than the algos are doing. You know, but when they're looking to build on, I know that they're being a little bit sensitive on their percentages on, on when I get an order. Um for a, for a bigger to build a bigger position, they're being a little bit uh, weary of the volatility in any given day. You know, it's funny as the broker on the floor who gets these order flows with instructions. You know, you're only as good as your last execution. So I have to admit, I've ended up getting punched in the face more times lately than not. Uh, the market has not look from. I, I trade a couple different strategies. One would be, you know, uh, 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 try and beat, beat the VWAP for the day and get into a larger position or whether it's trading uh, the market on close thing. The market on close has been cooperative, right? The, 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 the inflows of money into the end of the day and the outflows have definitely contributed to some successful days. Look, everybody who watches the S&P 500 has seen some of these wild big moves. Right. Uh, uh, you know, in the cl in the closing uh, bell time. And they've been, you know, uh, uh, somewhat a function of uh, information uh, uh, and news headlines and some of it a function of in and outflows that we see in the market on close reports. And that's been successful for me. I surely have to admit, honestly, humbly, in the best way I can, that trying to trade this market from a beat the average price uh, um strategy has been absolutely ruthless. How do you trade a stock 
that has these moves that go from green to red, 10, 20, 30% moves, $50, $100 moves. How in God's name can you be right? You know, it is just a crapshoot. It's virtually impossible. So, um, you know, I still try, I, I still track the S&P as my biggest, biggest indicator of what's going on in the marketplace. But I, I'm, look, I've been doing this a long time and I've never seen anything like this, guys. I mean, the volatility is absolutely insane. You know, the inflows and the outflows in, look, we're seeing moves intra-hour that used to take generations to happen. How can we explain any of this? How do you explain down 1,200 points and then rever at 11.15 and reversing and closing up? How do you see that day after day after day after day? How do you see a market that's sort of, sort of shaken off all this negativity at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, sell off 800 points in the closing hour day after day after day? I don't know if you can explain it. I can't explain it. So I just kind of take it. I'm getting sort of smacked in the face, you know, day after day. And I'm just hoping that we get, I love the volatility. It's a gift, right? I mean, you know, from the, from a teacher of technical analysis, it's a wonderful thing to try and, you know, say to people, you know, if there's one thing we've learned after the, uh, from the first six weeks of 2022 is that if you're a day trader, this is, and you know, technical analysis and you use stop orders and brackets and tech and risk management, this is just one opportunity after another. If you're an investor, this is a, a, a humbling learning lesson for everybody. You know, let's look at some of the you know, people who have been doing this a lot longer than me who are just popping out bad recommendation after bad recommendation, right? I mean, we've got to address the fact that there are, you know, the Wall Street bets guys are, you know, have the, uh, the reversal Jim Cramer portfolio. You know, I mean, I mean, one after the other. You know, that's why I say that I, 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 I'm humbled by the fact that I have no opinion about anything. If anything I've learned after the last six weeks is if I ever had an opinion before, I am surely not going to voice it. And I'm just a day-to-day, hour-to-hour student of the market. Yeah, definitely fair. Good points on the volatility and everything else around there. Evan, anything else you want to ask Peter or touch on? Uh, I think I got my, my comments and questions in there. Always could have more, but we could pass along to a couple of the other panelists if anyone else wanted to. Yeah. Anybody else, Matt or any others, have anything macro you want to throw out there or response to Peter's? All right. Matt, Soflow, nothing? Oh, God. Hey, um, did I hear my name? I, I got something very, very quickly. Um, so, I mean, today, uh, specifically looking at, at SPY, um, we've, we've got a very, very tight range so far on SPY with a lows of 437.36 and a high of 439.88. So we've got $2.50. Uh, worth of range so far on, on spy from from low to high um you know that's kind of to be expected um and what what i mean by that is yesterday we've or, or friday we got this massive um massive down day right where where we uh the the range on spy was about 13 dollars uh, which was nearly double its its ATR, about 150% of its its average ATR, which is average true range, something I talk about a lot and something I use in my trading a lot, which is uh, I use a 10-day average ATR, which is the, the, the uh, average price that a stock moves from low to high or from high to low on, a, on any given day um, over a period of 10-day of average. Um, so we got a, a really massive trend day 
on Friday, and and this was really day two of the move, right? So we were we rejected on on last Wednesday. Basically, at, at the high, we kind of had this double top just below the 50 SMA, you know, forming this this nice uh, M uh, on the charts coming off the lows from a few weeks ago. And uh, and the move started on, on Thursday down, right? And then day two, we get this massive trend day. So now we're on day three of the short-term move to the downside um, after a really easy trend day to, to the downside on Thursday or Friday. I don't want to say easy trend day, but um massive trend day where where the whole day the market uh spy never went above the 20 ema on the five minute chart so once we broke its consolidation range uh from the morning session which was about at at, at this time uh on friday uh, is where we started trending down and we never broke above the 20 ema uh th- throughout the in- entire day until the end of the session we peaked above it for for a second so that's a pretty um awesome trend day and day three of the move uh it's it, you, you know, you, you've got to expect a little bit of chop, a little bit of counter trend, a little bit of short covering, you know, whatever you want to call it um, uh, um, on, on day three of the move. So this is why a big part of my overall trading strategy is to uh, find stocks that are on day one or day two of the move. Uh, and and by by move I mean when they're just starting to break range or or or, or start a new trend, making higher highs. Uh, or a higher low continuation. Uh, I look for day one and day two of the move, and I, I try by day three, day four, day five. I'm really weary uh, of of taking you know a significant size position. Um, so today I've been uh, you know really trading uh, light size. If I'm looking at the indexes and I'm and I'm trading uh, SPY. You know, you're, you're really getting chopped up. Long traders and short traders are really getting chopped up on on if you're trading uh, spy, you know, puts, calls, or, 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 or you know, just the stock itself. Um, and, and, I, and I think that that's pretty important to realize that we're on day three of the move after a really big trend day, that the probability of, you know, breakouts and breakdowns on, on day three are, are, are just lower uh, than they are on day one and two. Um and and that's something that I that plays a really big role in my in my trading, you know. Um, so any setup, you know, that I see to the short side, you know, as we broke lows, um, you know, or earlier this, this morning, you know, I'm I'm not rating that an A or a B setup uh, intraday because of the daily chart. I'm I, I, at best you can give that a, you know a C setup um, because. Um, like I said, because it's day three of the move, and no matter what the five-minute chart is telling me or what the shorter term for time frame is, you know I can't trust this. This I can't really put put all my chips in on this move. And, and to me, that's what um, you know a significant part of trading is is when to go balls out. Uh, you know when to really push your chips in. And and Friday what was was that kind of day to do it where where you've really got to make your money for the week of the month uh, as, as a day trader. A day like today, uh, I'm not looking to make all, make my 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 weekly money or my monthly money. Today, a day like today, I'm I'm looking to survive, uh, get a little cushion, make a cup, make you know seven eight hundred dollars, you know, just get comfortable for for the week, um, and, and kind of see you know where the trend sets. I'd love a push up into the 200 SMA around 440 444 on spy, and 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 a rejection there. Then I'd call that. Um, that, and then if we start to, you know, reject at the 200 SMA, you know, then we're, we're back on, on day one, uh, of, 
uh, lower high continuation. Uh, if we can, you know, get a pop up to the to the 200 SMA and reject there, I'd, I'd consider that a, a you know kind of a, a new trend set um, where I'd be looking at it as day one and day two. Um, so, anyways, that's something that's really important to me. You know, I'd love to address that for a second. You you talked about range bound, but think about it. You know, range bound used to be a 50 cents or a dollar range. We're now talking about a $20, I mean, a 200 point in the S&P 500 range. So we are sort of jaded to the incredible moves on the up and down side from minute to minute to minute. Look at that chart. I mean, I think it's more important. I, I'd love to address your strategy because it's fascinating to me. But uh, is it at all impacted by the fact that a lot of these moves, see, when stocks trade normally and normal, just sort of inflows and outflows and 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 and. and and technicals to a certain extent. It's one thing in my opinion, but when things are being impacted by news and they're being forced into downtrends due to severe headlines, I was deeply fascinated by the market's reaction to Bullard coming out and saying that 50 basis point or one basis point cut was going to uh, be there. That's what he was recommending it. It showed me finally people started playing their cards that if in fact, when this shit becomes real on the interest rate thing, we're gonna get smacked here. So I don't necessarily follow my normal strategy when when trends are being caused by headlines and not just basic technicals. But I think people should really note that the, we are still range bound, but but it's like a range on steroids. Right. Our range. We had a day the other day where we were in a range of friggin a 200 point range over and over and over and over again, four times coming into the end, the last two hours of trading. You know, in the old days, guys, a 50 cent or a buck to a range was like range bound. Now it's a, it's a you know, it's a 20 handle uh, range in the S&P 500. Then that's madness. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It, it, it really is. I mean, even even shorter term, you know, when we were looking at January, uh, I mean, we it was I, and for I was spoiled. I, I felt spo- spoiled because, you know, uh, the peak of, of spies ATR in, in January was thirteen dollars. That is insane. That is absolutely uh, marvel. I, I I don't even know how, what to what to call it. I mean that that is in, incredible. Thirteen dollars worth of, worth of range on SPY. Yeah. I mean, we saw that in, in COVID times, but look at pre pre COVID. Even even the max of, of of most volatility in 2019 it was a seven dollar average true range on spy on on any given 10, 10 day period and this was in january of 2019 which which i felt spoiled then and and and, and you know to see this now uh i mean it's amazing it's 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 truly remarkable hey peter i wanted to add on top of you know you, you definitely hit it on the nail there uh with the fact that this is honestly a day trader's paradise where you're catching moves first of all the range that we talked about yeah it's a pretty big range as in you can short a stock and let it move a lot and it's still within the range that you're looking at on the daily um but then again like what tsdr said you can take advantage of even bigger moves like for example on friday i mean if you can hit a trade with for example amd dropping what 10 per over 10 percent in a day Man, like we are getting handed out candies in this market and we will continue to take it if we can. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with taking full advantage of these shorter term trades. Um, I know like last year swinging was was beautiful. You know, it's super easy to swing a trade. Not, I don't want to say easy, but it was a lot easier than the current situations. But if you can give us this wide range, we will take it and with a big, big smile on our face. So definitely, definitely a good 
point to to talk about that range bound. Uh, but yeah, paradise for a trader. Perfect. But paradise for a trader who knows risk management and knows how to do a trailing stop order and knows how to take a profit and knows how to never turn a winning day into a losing day. Like, because as I said before, if you're right, it's a beautiful thing. And if you're wrong and you don't use stop orders, you're wrong for not a dollar, you're wrong for $10. And that's really painful. You can give back a whole month's work in one sloppy day. Agreed. And like with AMD on Friday, you know, it, it did move a large percentage. But even if you were, you know, for example, even if you saw that breakdown at around 122, it had already dropped about uh, 6% before that. But if you're able to piece together a few macros that was going on, for example, you saw the yield started go up. Um, you saw the indexes that you saw, you know, you saw a lot of weakness there. It was able to you were able to kind of piece together all those components to be like, you know what? The momentum is on our side right now and we could continue to ride this down. You saw it, you saw it drop another six percent right after that. So, yeah, no crazy, you know, day traders paradise. Amazing. Love it. So, Peter, Evan and I do have to wrap up. We have a couple of things coming, but any final remarks or words of wisdom from yourself? You know what? No, guys, I, I really don't, except I want people to tread lightly. Uh, be careful. Uh, we are seeing large flows in and out of the market. The uh, volume on the uh, close has been significant from my perspective. And, um, and things can change on a dime. You know, they literally can. We had at one point on Friday... You know, I think my imbalances for the close went from a buy 500 million to a sell 800 million two or three different times. So I, that for me, that really kind of highlights the fact that a lot of people are just not clear on their positioning and that they need to be you need to be nimble. You need to pivot. You need to protect yourself on trades. Take profits while you can, because I think we are in store for some spectacular volatility and I would hate, I, I want people to be successful. That's my dream. That's my great, you know, my great dream. I don't want, you know, we're, we're hearing about people who have done well, who are successful, who are mature, responsible traders. We're not hearing about those people. I hear them because they call me up desperately in positions that they got into on FOMO and hope and hype and bullshit. And they can't get back to even and they can't even trade their account because they're long some shit on a margin, $25 from here, you know. So I don't want that for anybody. So um, please, if you're out there, go learn tech. If you're a trader, go out there and learn technical analysis. Whether you learn it from me, reach out to me. I'm happy to share what I know with you if you or, or whoever. Use stop orders, guys. It's one of the greatest gifts the market gives you. Use trailing stops. As the gentleman before me described, what a great thing in AMD. You're in the trade. You're on the right side. But it can flip on a dime, too. And you just bring your stop orders down to protect and never turn a winning trade into a losing trade and take profits when you can, not when you have to. Right. So, you know, happy trading. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate you being on here uh, every Monday morning. Again. I got to love you all. See you next week, guys. Sounds good. Take care. And we have a, we have a few NFT spaces. We should get Peter on this week. Okay. Everybody that is going to do it for today. Uh, Evan had to jump to, so I will just do wrap up for him. Basically, if you're unfamiliar with the stock market news account, this whole week we will have a lot of earnings. He'll be tweeting out about these earnings, uh, giving you information as quick as possible, whether it's revenue and EPS beats, upcoming schedules, future projections, uh, you know, top total revenue for the last 10 years. He'll give you all that information. So if you're not already following stock market news, great follow. 
I'll be here on the Wolf account all week. I did 40 hours on Spaces last week and this week just trying to keep a really diverse schedule. So like I said, we will have a mental health space in about 45 minutes and then power hour and then a pitching space for stocks, crypto and NFT at 7 p.m. EST. I'm going to put out reminder tweets for the mental health space as well as the stripper space right after this. So if you haven't already had a chance to check those out, you'll be able to just set a reminder. And then, of course, if you haven't already checked out my speakers, big shout out to the speakers. Everything that they do makes this go round. We love this call. This ran over two hours this morning. Hopefully, you guys in the audience were able to make some money, you know, green market overall. So even if you just sat in some long positions, uh, I'm hoping that worked out for you and you didn't place anything that would negate it. All right. That's going to be it for today. Take care, everybody. We will see you very shortly. And I'm just going to let this space run for about five to ten more seconds. Just for the speaker's knowledge, the listeners are on a slight delay. So I just usually let it run for a few seconds, and then I'll go ahead and I'll close it here. Take care, everybody. Chat with you soon.